joined the meeting late. She is attending a funeral. Thank you, Chair. Ms. Lydia Postua will join the meeting late. Thank you very much, Chair. She is attending a funeral. Thank you, Chair. the meeting Chairperson, that was uh, good afternoon, Chairperson. It's Trevor Bolton. That was our regional head um, from Gauteng responding. I think you might have been uh, wanting to check whether Cocta, uh, whether the provincial government were in, but uh, that yeah. led. Yes, we wanted to check the the MEC. Yeah. Is the MEC around? So as So Afternoon, Chair. I, Chair, I see this uh, Tepiso Mokosi from Houting. She may be just be able to advise because uh, she is from the Human Settlements Department. Okay. <clears throat> I was referring to the MBC. So means that who, who's here? Uh, I know there's a apology uh, for minister and do you have a DMC? The chair, DM Mr. Masabo is also not attending the committee meeting because he's attending another meeting. And then I also have the minister, Mrs. Sisulu's apology. I, I wonder if you want to me to read the messages. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's Leon, how are you? I'm fine, how are you, uh, Honorable Leon? I'm fine, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, seems that um, it's only the opposition that is committed today for a meeting, but I, I I, think we must revisit the issue, Chairperson. If there's no minister here, then I think I'm going to leave as well, Chairperson. I, uh, we, we cannot sit in day in and day out, and the minister's got these excuses, then let's uh, postpone the meeting till we get to the next meeting where the minister makes herself available. This is this is ridiculous. It can't go on like this. Um, so, therefore, Chairperson, I, 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 I'm going to excuse myself from this meeting. This is not acceptable for me. Sitting on a Friday till what time? And there's not one minister on this. Um, there's no commitment from the department. Thank, thank you, uh, Chairperson. Um, thank you, uh, Honorable Leo. Chairperson, uh, Honourable Powell. 
Chairperson, as, please recognize me as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, honorable power. Uh, Chairperson, last week, actually, no, earlier this week on Tuesday, this committee rejected the minister's apology to send the minister a message after weeks of asking where the minister is. So I would really like to second Honorable Bassan's uh, inputs. The minister needs to come to this committee because it's our constitutional duty to hold the minister and her department to account. Now she sends departmental officials into this meeting to defend themselves. It is unacceptable, Chairperson. Please will you register um, my disgust and that I second Honourable Bassan's suggestions. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Chair. There is a, there is a proposal that the meeting should not continue because, uh, because there is no politician, either the minister or the deputy minister, or, yeah, and the MC from Gauteng. So, Carla, let's speak to the proposal and so that we if we proceed proceed if we agenda the meeting we must do it. Yes, no, I'm also before I can support the previous speakers. Uh let's give Nomdu or uh, I don't know whether it's Vyokas or is Nomdu an opportunity to read the apologies. We want to hear what is the reason for the minister and the deputy minister for not attending this meeting. Before we can say that we're going to, yes, I, I think they are uh, correct, but let, 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 before we jump to that one, let's hear what is the problem. Why are they not attending this meeting? Thank you. No, no, honorable member, procedure of the meeting, there is a proposal on the table, we must talk to the proposal, um, proposal as, as presented and seconded by, by honorable member. Chairperson, we support, but we want to hear the reason for the apology as well. But you can get the letter, get honorable. No, no, no. What is the problem? What is the problem for? We are in the meeting. So we are saying why the apologies. Can we get the reason for the apology? Can Nom do your gazi for us? We have not even opened the meeting. We have not even started with the meeting, and that's what the Honourable uh, Leon said uh, when I was saying, before we start with the meeting, let's confirm who's in the meeting, whether we have minister... Deep, so DM, this is not a meeting. We, are not, we have not yet started with the meeting. It's just an argument yes. out of the meeting. Mm. Yes, because the meeting, yes, that's what Honourable Leon said. So th there is that proposal that there is no minister, there is no uh, DM, the meeting should not proceed and it was seconded. So I want to people to speak to that proposal. 
Chairperson, can I come in? Can I can I come in again? You said you were okay. Let let give it uh, honourable secretary first. Honourable secretary. I can support things that are outside the meetings. Honorable Sky. Okay. Honorable uh, honorable members. Uh, I think we should we should officially open the meeting and adjourn it uh, properly because we have not actually started uh, with the meeting. But Honorable Basson felt that we should not even start because the uh, the minister is not here and the deputy ministers um, and how they. So can we? Can I take this opportunity, honourable members, um, that we officially open the meeting so that I can allow members uh, to talk to the proposal by Leon so that there can be the record of the of the meeting. Um, before we start with our meeting, I will ask members to observe a moment of silence for meditation or prayer. Done by those that have passed on uh, during this uh, time, the difficult that our country was faced with, um, and we can I ask members to mute their mic? So can we observe a moment of silence for meditation or prayer? Thank you very much. Uh, honorable members, uh, we, we, we are supposed to meet with the Gauteng today as part of our program to interact with provinces. Um, and 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 before we do that, let's get to Nomti. Nomti, can you read the no read the the apologies that we note them officially in this meeting? All right, chair. Chair, the apologies we have from the members of this committee meeting is from Mr. Masheko. Mr. Masheko is off sick. He won't be able to attend the meeting. We have apology from Mrs. Sepo somewhere. She will join the meeting later because she's attending a funeral. And then we have three apologies from the minister, Mrs. Sisulu. He, she is attending another meeting. Mr. Masobo, he is also not available to attend the meeting. And Mrs. Pemchete, is also not able to attend the meeting due to the NEC meeting. 
Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, do we have a... So that, that, those are the apologies. Uh, we don't have a political head in the meeting, uh, both the minister and GM deputy ministers. Um, so can and, and Honorable Leon said he proposed that uh, the meeting could not continue and supported by Honorable Powell. So, Honorable Members. Yes. Joanna, I'm sorry, I don't see this thing over your hand. My hand is up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Chaperson, I'm looking at the agenda. I've seen that uh, one has seconded. I, I, I disagree with them in terms of postponing the meeting. I was looking at the agenda. I could find out there is also another item that doesn't need uh, the Gauteng. I understand with the one, what is this, the district developmental model. But with the briefing by the water board, what's going to happen with it? I thought we are going to continue with that one and then rather defer the others to another meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Vanna, Honorable Powell. Chairperson, thank you. Um, you have a proposer and a seconder, but I just wanted to say that the, the minister is um, paid for by the state. She earns her salary from the state, from the men and women of this country who contribute to the fiscus and from the VAT raised on goods in this country. The NEC is a structure of the African National Congress. I would never tender my apologies for state business when I am being paid by Treasury to represent the people of this country because I had to attend an internal meeting of the Democratic Alliance. That is unacceptable and we cannot accept an apology from a minister on the basis of the fact that she has to attend an NEC meeting. Um, Honourable Chairperson, the, the proposal by the Honourable Basson is also not uh, on the basis of this being a once-off um, situation. The Minister has, I think, attended one meeting since March in an unprecedented crisis in this country. Now, we've got 59 senior officials from Gauteng, which is the engine room of the continent, who have set aside three hours this afternoon to come and present the business plans to this committee. We've got our DG, we've got our acting DG. And so while we do support this meeting being postponed on the basis of the minister's uh, apology, it is to send a message to the minister that this committee will no longer tolerate her apologies which simply don't hold water. So I think that, that the decision that's taken, I've made my inputs now, but the, the decision that's taken 
is, is not on the basis of a once-off occasion. We're happy to accept once-off apologies. But there's not a deputy minister nor a minister in this meeting. You've got officials you have to present to politicians, and they need to be protected. You can't send them in here without the deputy minister or the minister present. The chairperson, please you register those comments, um, and, and may that message please be conveyed to the minister on, on, on behalf of, of the political party that I represent. Thank you. Okay, Honorable. Um, uh, there's two views now. We have uh, Honorable Mvana says we must proceed. Um, so, I'm, I'm Honorable Masala, there are two views now. Yes. Who's that? It's Mvana. Okay. The reason for saying we must proceed with the meeting. The ones that have just raised that uh, proposed that the meeting must be postponed are the ones that may be the meetings. Honorable Mbana, I can I can hear you today. We are all your your line I'm is very bad. <clears throat> Honorable Mbana, your line is very bad. Um, let's get let's get to an honorable other member. You'll come back. Uh, get your spot uh, very clear. I couldn't get what you are trying to say. Honorable Makala. Thanks so much, uh, Chairperson. Before I go to the issue of the minister, where are other ANC members without you and Mbana? Are they here? Where are they? It um, seems like you and Mvana, the two of you, and the minister uh, is not. We have, we have so Honorable Mashiro, all of us, we know she's he's sick. Yes, uh, and, and we have, um, <clears throat> I don't know what's the and the uh, key, probably they are, they are, they are joining, but they, we don't have their apologies. But okay. they are joining the meeting. All right. No, check, check, Or, or, uh, no, do. All right, check. Hello, uh, Where's um, other members? Um, can you read the list of members who have read, or can you share with the, in the screen of the members that are here? Chair, Ms. Fege is trying to connect. Is she's struggling to connect? She, we are being help. We are helping her to connect. Mr. Fege is also trying to connect. Ms. Sishwai is in the meeting as well. So, okay. So those ones that are trying to connect, they are not in the meeting. So, Chairperson, thanks so much. You know, with the issue of the the minister's issue. We have talked too much about it. And I, I'm sure the committee is, is aware or is um, aware of the stand of the EFF with regards to the absenteeism of the minister. We can't tolerate it anymore. It's too much. It cannot be tolerated. The minister is getting a salary from the state. 
This is the state meeting. Every now and then when we have this meeting, the minister is absent because there's another meeting somewhere. So I suggest, I, I, I actually support those ones that are saying this meeting must be postponed so that the minister can see that we take this committee serious and then the meeting of the organization cannot supersede the meeting of the state where we need to serve our people of this country. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Masala. Honorable Sifai. Chairperson. Honorable Sifai. Okay. Yes. Given the the agenda that is in front of us, and I do believe that we have an authority and power to discuss the issues on our own right and as an oversight. And the minister and the deputies would need to talk to us why they are not taking us serious. My problem is to be subjected to other people's agendas uh, without proceeding uh, on what is in front of us. I propose that we continue with the meeting, Chair. Okay. Chairperson, uh, I make the proposal. I, I really just feel that, you know, it is... Uh, or, or, uh, I haven't got words for this, Chairperson. Um, it's, it's day in and day out when we have portfolio committees and then the minister is not here. And the previous meeting, we rejected. And once again, Chairperson, I'm rejecting the all three ministers, I'm rejecting their reasons for not attending their meetings. And that's what the committee needs to do. And therefore, I propose that this meeting be adjourned and uh, postponed till a, a later date when the, 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 the ministers, the minister and the deputy minister are available to attend this meeting. Uh, and that's my proposal. It was seconded, Chairperson. There is not, there's a counter proposal. It's not been seconded. If we've got a vote on the issue, it's fine, Chairperson. But um, we, we cannot go on like this uh, every time we have meetings and then we've got to fight about the, the minister's excuses why she cannot attend the meeting. This is ridiculous. Uh, and, and we should not tolerate this any further. Thank you, Chair. The reason for saying the meeting must continue to proceed. I was saying the people that are proposing for the meeting to, to be postponed are the ones that were angry with us and the and they were very close about the postponement of the meetings. And by that time, we were rushing for the flights, rushing for that thing and this one. Today, we're all in a meeting. Let's proceed with the meeting. You, In fact, we can take the item that we can be able to discuss. If Gauteng is not present, 
let, let's defer the, the Houting thing to another meeting and continue with the last meeting because there are two items in this. Why do we have to postpone the meeting? Yes, we are all concerned about the absence of the minister, which will be conveyed by the chairperson and the whip, but let's continue with the meeting. No cries, no anger with us, no nothing. Let's proceed with the meeting. I am seconded by Honorable Squire. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Mbana. Honorable August, are you in the meeting? Chaperson. Chaperson. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Honorable um, August, I called Honorable August. You'll follow. I saw you. Now I can see you now, Honorable Tafin. Uh, Honorable, uh, Honorable August did not raise his hand. So it's not a discussion like when there's a presentation where you are giving. He did not raise his hand. No, no, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't need this. How do you know? How do you know, Honorable Masala? I know. I'm very put up with the system. I know. Oh. If you raise a hand, I will don't be able to see. Do I know. How did he talk to you? If he raised don't his hands through a budget, see. Masala, don't do that, please. Allow the person to tell the meeting. Honorable For people to come and counter all those things. Allow the person Moshala to chair the meeting. Honorable uh, Chafeli. Uh, uh, what happened? Uh, greetings, members. Chaperson, I'm trying to hide and stick because the minister has no basis in terms of So, uh, and the one who meeting my because but the minister and the minister is a specialist to minister attend here. The minister is, is not the minister of the ANC, it's the minister of the human settlement. And the minister of human salary, we couldn't take up with state. Why you minister telling you issues don't attend this meeting? Who minister one sitting minister? Who minister one don't attend the meeting at human settlement? So, Chaperson, you're supposed to be a general meeting. Oh, you better come to our minister because it's see useless to blend you because I'm a minister of human settlement. Thank you, Chaperson. Honorable members, you don't have to use words. Words that would would make other people uncomfortable. What discuss? We are not ministers. There is no minister here. The anger should never be directed to anybody here. There is but no. But you must have a person without a minister. So when I go to the Zimbabwe government, I nuclear committee. Yeah. You must have a person without a minister. Hello, I'm meeting. Shut up now.
Why is the minister in Chairperson, I also say agree with them. Okay, we'll have to vote now because there are two views. And only people who are members of the committee would then be allowed to vote in terms of the proportional representation that this committee has been constituted. So there are two views. I must, I must, I must go along, along with that uh, because I cannot just take one view. Um, we we have two views, honourable members, uh, and and let's check on the norm two. The members who are in the who are, we we are you you would have to help us to 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 vote norm uh, two, or do you have we are guys here? Chairman, <laughs> you are being intimidated by dogs now. What is happening? I am here, Chairperson, but I don't. My laptop doesn't have a sound. I am listening on my phone. Oh, so how? Yes. Chair, able to uh, members of uh, can I get maybe let let me ask members can we pursue one another honourable members uh, voting to go into the vote? Honourable members, can we convince one another pursuing one another without going into the vote? It's Honorable Powell. Okay. May I proceed? This is incredibly embarrassing. We're members of Parliament. I can't imagine what the officials must think of us. But we are reduced to this anger. Now, the Honorable Susulu is a member of the executive. Uh, the, the highest body charged with, with overseeing these two critical big budget departments. And 
the minister in her executive capacity also has authority over the water boards. Now, we're receiving information and documentation, and we'll have discussion today on the water boards. And we've been seeing in the press that there have been a lot of uh, changes and a lot of litigation is going on around water boards in this country. Now, it is my view that as a member of the executive, when the crucial annual uh, performance plans, the district development model, which is an issue of contention politically, uh, and the status of, of water boards and entities of both of the departments are discussed, that there should be representation of the executive. Because as members of parliament, it's very difficult for us to get comprehensive responses to both the governance-related uh, component of the, the department's functioning and then the executive decision-making and authority that's exerted by the executive. Now, I, I, I'm embarrassed that this is what this committee is reduced to, but as we've noted before, this is, this is an ongoing situation. And this is about sending a strong message to our national minister and to our deputy ministers who are largely not at fault. Generally, Honourable Mishlobo um, and Honourable Chweti do attend our meetings. But we need to send Honourable Minister Sisulu a strong message that she cannot choose the business of her party over the business of her country. And it was just yesterday in Parliament that the Honourable President gave the nation his reassurance that under his leadership, the ANC is committed to putting a nation before party. Now, we don't see that today with a member of his own executive. So this will be the last that I say on the matter. And certainly, as far as I'm concerned, I'd like to extend my apologies to all of the 50-something officials who've made time to join us today. But if we don't take a stand now, this situation is going to continue. Last night's meeting was an absolute joke. We received, I mean, it was a whitewash. And we had the DG come on and tell us he was very sorry. There'd been lots of things that had gone wrong. He convened a meeting of the HODs and they had come back to us with substantive information. We need to get this committee functioning properly. We need to build bridges with one another. We need to start improving uh, sort of co collegial relations. But that can't be done in this fragmented political space where you know, everything in this committee becomes about politics. We need leadership, we need commitment, and we need members of the executive to show up for our meetings and to send our committee, parliaments, and the people of this country a message that they are serious about the business of human settlements and water and sanitation. So you've asked for us to convince one another. I've given my input. I'll leave it with, with, with my colleagues on the committee, but I strongly recommend that by postponing today's meeting and sending the ministers a message that we will not discuss this crucial business of these two big budget departments in their absence, that potentially we can convince the minister to make some time for us in future. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, Honorable Powell. Honorable Yes, Honorable Zeke. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Chairperson. There were two views, actually. Before you, you bring your own uh, third view of saying we must convince each other, there were two views to say, um, the other one saying let's cancel the meeting or let's postpone the meeting. The other one was saying let's, let's uh, continue with the meeting. 
So you said that time you said let's let's go for a vote because it looks like we we will never agree to each other to either any view. So Chairperson, I'm pursuing that let's let, let's take your proposal of saying your other proposal of saying can we go for a vote because some of us we feel that we must continue with this meeting as much as we note the apologies of the minister but we must continue with the meeting because the leadership of Gauteng the leadership, uh, the accounting officers of the department, they are in the department. They can be able to take decision and report to the their political authority. So, Chair, I'm of the view that let's vote for this motion. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Viogazi um, and and Nomdu. We are, we are now going to vote. Honorable members, can all of us use the system? Are you able to use the same system to vote? To, we can just raise hands on the system. If we don't, or maybe let's, let, we'll just uh, call the uh, member and ask what, what, which view without uh, debating so that we can we cannot eat the time for the meeting we then proceed um, and then we can just say yes no those that are in favor they'll say yes those that are are not in favor will say no honorable take yes chair we can thank you honorable Basson. No, Chairperson. No. Honorable Musala. No, 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 no. Thank you, Honorable Powell. With apologies to the officials. No, Chairperson. No. And then Honorable okay. Sakwai. Honorable Sifai. Chairperson. Yes. Let's continue. Yes. Sifai, Honorable Mbana. Let's continue with the meeting, Chairperson. Yes. Agast uh, is not in the meeting. The other two members of the EFF will not vote. Uh, will not vote. So we have, we have three yes and then three no's and then the chair adds his vote is yes. Yeah, chair, so just and before you add, let's just okay. make this clear. The other three the other two members that's on here, they, they are part of the quorum. So if they no, leave this... Then we are not a quorum. Then, if they leave, we are not a quorum. Uh, but they, they, they make part of the quorum, but they are not allowed to vote. That is not. That's not the way. The no, no, is. they are not. We've never. Counted. No, they are not. Honourable Leon, I've never counted them ever in my meeting. I know that every member of the quorum. 
honorable members, order. Members of parliament, every member has the right to attend any port portfolio committee meeting. So, but when we vote, it, it's, a it's, a, it's a rule of the house, only members of the committees are allowed to vote. So only members of the committee were allowed to vote. And therefore, four against three, then the meeting continued. Thank you, Chairperson. That's fine. Chairperson, please excuse me from the meeting. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I will take my apology uh, for not attending this meeting further. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Leon. Chairperson. Um, now that the agenda, oh, Honorable Masala. Honorable Masala, you have called me. Masala. Okay. So can we then go because now he's, he's lost. He's lost. Let let welcome Houteng and um, national department available. Um, we want to to say that uh, unfortunately, okay, Honorable Masala. I was struggling to to unmute myself, but finally I managed. So I, I just want to check what rule is this one? Uh, maybe can you give us the rule maybe that you are using to do all these things that we are doing now? Doing. Uh, the rule, I don't, I, 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 I don't have my pieces in Cape Town, but the rule of the, of which governs the committees and and, and official of Parliament, they are here to, 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 to confirm that uh, only members who are, when we vote, is only members of the committee who are voting. They are using the rules that governs the committee on members. Uh, you can you can check your your rule book. You'll find that. So can we then proceed and uh, and just want to. Uh, so chairperson, chairperson. Yes. Oh, you were doing something that you 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 you, you don't know no, what no, you're doing. No. That you not sure. I don't. I don't. I. I know. You were just doing for the sake no, no. of uh, doing because. No. You said you no, don't know. They are. I not say. I've said I know. Honorable Masala. Yes. The rule that governs the committee. Only members of the committee are when we vote. We vote proportional representatively. So, so we those that are coming as a alternate or members of parliament because they are allowed to participate in 
in any committees. When we vote, they are, they are not going to be voted. And you know that when we vote in the committee, you got one seat, your party vote is one. But when we participate, everybody can participate. So, so that, that, that's, that's the, the, the issue that I'm raising, honorable member. And can we not uh, delay the meeting further and we proceed and invite Houteng? Houteng? Chairperson. Chairperson. I go. Chairperson. Chairperson. Yes, I'm listening. You are not answered, Honorable Musal. Honorable Musal is asking asking a question to you. Which role are you proceeding this meeting without the, the alternative members? The alternative members you are counting. Well, the alternative members. Honorable Safeni, please don't disrupt the meeting. I've said if you are not, you know. The, the good part of parliament processes, if you are not happy with the decision of the chair, you have uh, uh, don't know. taking the only your issue to where it belongs to the speaker's office. Answer we the question of the honorable Mahala, but that, oh, and that you, you don't know the rules. The can you stop uh, what you are doing and allow Houteng to present? Houteng, Good afternoon, Chair. Good afternoon, members. Um, this is Pindi Lemban, Head of Department for Human Settlements, Gauteng. The MEC has submitted his apology due to the change in times for the meeting here at other clashing commitments. Mr. Biso Mokosi will take us through the presentation. Thank you. Um, thank you, Chair, and thank you, Honourable Members and colleagues. My name is introduced by the HOD, Tepiso Mkhosi, from Houding Human Settlements. The presentation, the purpose of this presentation is mainly to give briefing on the Houding 2020 Adjusted Human Settlement Development Grant Business Plan as approved. Yes. And... Um, what needs to, to be noted is the key considerations that Houting did when the adjustment process was then communicated is to really look at the impact of COVID-19 on lost time, quarter one that we have lost already, and the implementation protocol for the remaining quarters um, on the construction work itself. The key other issues was how we went ahead with this as a province. We then reprioritized budgets towards increasing stents through our rapid land release program and decreasing the units. Also, we looked at um, prioritizing continuing projects with work in progress so that we can move faster in terms of implementation. And most highly priority was the bulk infrastructure in non-metros being our Westrand and um, Sidibank district in Houting, which will assist us in unlocking further developments in the outer years. The upgrading of informal settlement uh, program was also prioritized as it also has a contributing effect on the current scenario of decongesting informal settlement into existing projects. 
the executive summary of the business plan of the Houghton business plan per municipality is that we had an initial allocation that was approved on the 4.6 billion, but at adjustment, a communication was on 4.1 billion. So the impact thereof was a reduction of about 490 million rand, which means a 10.6% impact. When we then did the revision as a province, then uh, our units, uh, our spends were reduced from 18,939 to 13,000, which means it was a reduction, uh, impact of reduction of about 5,000, which is 26%. And relatively, the units were also decreased with about 14% and a total 62% in terms of the title deeds uh, issuance on that side. The table below depicts a provincial spread allocation of the adjusted um, business plan. In essence, we are getting up to deliver on our 13851 stands. In those stands, uh, Chair and Honourable Members kindly note that, uh, for example, in Johannesburg, as the Jobek Metro is 569 stands and 168 units. And we also have in Tswane Metropolitan, we have 20 stands, 500 units. Eguruleni, we have 2011 stands, 3201 units. 1850 in Citibank, the south of Johannesburg, which is uh, also units at 1466. In the West Rand, we have 2026 um, stands and 2228 units. Also, we have 7375 targeted rapid land release um, stands which are being acquired with the assistance of HDA as our implementing agent, which are fully service stands, which will then be released to the qualifying beneficiaries. And the 300 uh, is only on, uh, the 200 is on individual subsidies, non-credit linked for our work-ins, which are mainly popular in in the East Way, is in Eguruleni and also in Sidibeng within the province. And the 100 is on FLISP. I think the question would be, why do you have only 100 FLISP? Looking at the current scenario and the current economic impact, the uptake for that pro for that product because it's also driven by affordability for qualifying beneficiaries is a bit slow. So it's a program that's not going to be viable in terms of the current financial aid due to the economic impact that we have uh, are facing throughout the world as well. This is a depiction, um, honourable members and colleagues, which mainly looks at very greater detail. Uh, the summary that was before this was giving just a high level. But also when you look further down into the slide, you get an idea of in terms of classification, we have legacy and mega projects in Houting. So a higher percentage of our budget is going to our mega projects, which are our high impact uh, apex projects. And the legacy is a smaller project that we are trying to phase out uh, in the province so that we can make greater impact in the sector. Um, the slide gives a outlook on the financial and the non-financial quarterly outlook of our business plan. In quarter one, since it's a quarter that is lost, we had uh, then, when we're doing the adjusted, then we are then removed because we've already lost this quarter. But the budget that was spent is 165 million. This is on continuing work, which is the expenditure that we have incurred that was processed during the, the first quarter. Then in quarter two, those are the outputs planned, 820 stands and 1491 units, and we're expecting to spend 1.4 billion as a province. In quarter three, we have um, 336 and 1958 and 1024. And into the last quarter, we are hoping to actually gear up and finalize all those. It gives an outlook of, of a, a disjointed S curve 
only in quarter two because we're expecting to wrap up performance and cover for quarter one, which we have lost. But it is a corrective looking at the current um, performance of projects. In the mining towns, um, which is in the Western, apologies for a movement of slide. Sorry. Apologies for that. I think my slides just went ahead of me. In the mining towns, um, the allocation of 109 million is part of our of our business plan, and these are the projects that are there. We are mainly have prioritized these to support bulk infrastructure investment, noting that our municipalities are strained, they have aging infrastructure, and the growth trend in Houting at the moment is also moving towards the west. So this is where we are also supporting municipalities. So this infrastructure not only supports new projects, but also assists in reducing the strain on the existing uh, developments around the mining town area. We also have an instrument of 2% uh, bulk provisioning in terms of the HSDG framework. 78 million is being utilized across those projects, and most of these projects are some of the new mega projects. But this part of the grant provisioning, we're also using it in Mfulani to support bulk infrastructure there as a non-metro. We have also about five block projects that are also part of, of the cost center in within our business plan. These are projects that um, in terms of development, they were there and for other different reasons, some were left half and all those units are now being done so that we can conclude those and give them to the uh, beneficiaries accordingly. Some were being vandalized. It's not rectification, if I may correct it, but it's blocked and abandoned projects that we are now so that we can also contribute positively onto our, our, our backlog per se. On hostel redevelopment, we have various hostels that in partnership with municipalities we have in the province. Some of these properties belong to the municipalities and some belong to the province. So we're also doing that in terms of development. For instance, in this slide, you have about 20 units that are being done in Orlando and Jablani hostel. The remaining hostel they're still on a redesigning stage so that we can redesign this unit and ensure that they're habitable for, for family units. But also, honorable members, what is key to note is we also have a an equitable share from the province to support this program because it's also within our priority programs within the six administration and housing. So we did receive uh, an allocation of about 65 million as well to support the hostel so that the smaller table below tries to depict the whole funding process between the provincial allocation and the HSDG so that we can ramp up uh, performance in this project. The okay. urban renewal project is the province. In this approved business plan, we have uh, only four. We have the Alexander Renewal Project as well, program that is also assisting us to also ensure that we live up to the expectations made in terms of the Greater Alexandra. So that's also done in assistance by the HDA as our implementing agent. We also have Winterfeld Urban Renewal for our stormwater and sewer maintenance. We have Begestal and we also have Everton Urban Renewal. Most of the work that is happening here, it's mainly on servicing existing um, sewer outfall and, and maintaining the infrastructure in those uh, renewal projects. 
of this project as well, we also did receive a provincial allocation of um, about 50 million from the province. So we have a co-funding um, process within these projects and we are able to also increase the impact as well. The slides, the two slides that are forthcoming here, uh, honorable members, are mainly speaking to giving greater detail in terms of the 694 ring fence amount for the upgrading of informal settlements. In this, it is spread across the five um, regions or corridors within Gauteng. We have a total of about 67 uh, approved settlements within the approved business plan that are going to benefit from this grant. The household that are going to benefit from the work that we're going to do, it's about 62,842. Of that, it has been divided into three categories of the program. In category A, where we are doing full upgrading, it's about 12 informal settlements with 100 million. In category B, which is a composite of provision of basic um, services such as sanitation, potable water, and so on and so forth, and planning into towards acquisition is about 444 million. Also in category C, wherein we're also seeing a lot of, um, it's only two projects that are assisting in terms of relocation. Some of the uncategorized is about 11, then the total budget 694, which is part of the ring fence amount as per the grant allocation for the current financial year. This slides, it is a complementary slide on the previous one. It, it gives greater detail to say how do you then break up the services where we are providing interim support program. For instance, it shows an ablution, uh, provision of ablution with a ratio of one to four in terms of um, how uh, our household, our community is accessing that. It's about, the impact will be 15,000. In terms of water pro, uh, provision as well, it's about 6.2,000. Provision of access to roads is not confirmed at this point, but the number of households that are likely to use those roads, those internal roads that are being opened so that we know the challenges in informal settlements where emergency house, emergencies cannot go through because the roads are not wide enough and it takes time, especially for safety issues. But also, Chair and Honourable Members and colleagues, there is also planning program process wherein various planning milestones, town planning milestones have been undertaken where we are planning to do full upgrading. So it's a total of about 39,144,000 in that regard on the USP. The mega projects as one of the cost centres um, as outlined in the the cost in the summary slide. These, this is a list of our mega projects. There are 24 enlisted here. They are across the province, and I think there are some that are quite known, like your flow off, your Cosmos City, them that are in the Joburg area. We also have a Rama City and Oliver and Bosch in Swane. I'm just going to name a few honorable member if allowed per region without going to greater detail. They are also in Citibank and in the West Rand as well. So this picture tries to give a greater detail to say what are we spending in terms of our mega projects and the expected number of units in terms of this program. Title deed issuance. Um, with the budget card and budget revision and adjustment, we then reprioritize those that are low hanging fruit, if I may use, to say those that are in process of lodging so that we can quickly do that. But we're now experiencing delays because due to uh, cases that are experienced sometimes, then the deed office is closed, but we then prioritize those that you know in terms of planning, they are ready. At least we can try and make sure that we can uh, be able to deliver the title deeds and security of tenure. The following slides, um, Chair and members, it's mainly on quite a very 
detail to say if I have said 569 stands in Jobek and 1848 units, which projects per region do actually fit into that and in terms of the budget of 413 in Johannesburg? So just to name a few, we have your, Janis, your Jabulani CBD, we have your Hodrand Hospital Hill, we also have Riverside, you also have Stratford that goes across um, the city of Johannesburg. Also in Swane, with the number of stands and units uh, that they have allocated, it's one of the smallest in terms of target, but we also depending on a complementary approach between ourselves and the city on these on, on these projects. So that's uh, the number of units and stands that we're expecting in Swane along those projects. In Egoruleni, we also have um, these projects. They go over two slides. It's a long list of projects um, across Egoruleni. I think um, just to highlight a point for, for noting, some of the projects would not have, uh, will be planning. For instance, if I pick up on Phosphorus 28, it means it's only planning, we're finalizing planning there so that we are able to, to roll out stands and units. And in some of the projects, it's either stands or units due to budget constraints so that we can try and make sure that all pockets of our communities are equally touched and can receive the service. In Sidibeng, it's also our district. We have 1850 um, stands and 1251 units with a budget of 383 um, allocated to this region with those number of projects. Um, your Litabong, Impumelelo, your Obet, it's amongst the bigger projects in the region, and New Village and Golden Gardens. In the West Rand, this is a region where most of the mega projects are, but they are already enlisted in the mega projects list to avoid duplication and double counting. Mostly this region is carried by the bulk infrastructure investment through the mining towns and the 2% allocation. And also in terms of the units that are directly being done with the municipalities is 326 and 150 units in this regard. We also have a list of projects in the two following slides um, that are mainly for planning. This is planning to ensure that the projects are ready, but it also planning in terms of proclamations that we are doing for the issuance of title deeds across projects, but it also assists us for forward planning into the RTS. So those are the projects across the regions that we have within the 45,580,000 that the province is having. Also, the cost center that is also part of our HSDG is on the head of this program. We have an emergency fund, which is permissible based on the HSDG. In terms of uh, allocation, we have 25 million. On the FLIS product, as indicated, it's only 100 units that the, the province has allocated and individual subsidies, non-credit link our work-ins. We also still have 30 million NHPRC fees, mainly meant for the registration of um, of, of, of properties, enrollments, and management of housing assets as we maintain and manage our properties. We also have 40 million rent, OPSCAP, operational capital expenditure. We have three critical items, is program management fees for the housing development agency in our support as an implementing agent on the UISP and also on the rapid land release program. And also the GPF in support as an implementing agent, but also we have the Alexandra Piomo establishment that is provided for within the program. In conclusion, Chair, um, the rapid land release program 
it's one of the catalysts in the Gauteng province to provide fully serviced stands that we acquire from the different landowners. But there is also a component uh, which is part of the government-owned properties where we are finalizing planning and ensure that we can then release them to qualifying uh, beneficiaries. And the impact of COVID-19 restrictions in implementation is closely monitored. As a province, we have a weekly tracking system wherein it's chaired at a high level by the HOD so that we can track weekly movements and we can be comfortable as to how we are progressing in achieving this plan. Thank you so much, Chair. That's the presentation from Gauteng. Thank you very much, Gauteng. Um, the second one. Uh, Trevor. Uh, good, good afternoon, Honourable Chair. I'm sorry, I didn't realise you wanting us to come in now. Uh, you're wanting Department of Water and Sanitation to come in. Yes. My apology for that, uh, Madam Chair. I, I thought you were still calling on starting uh, problems. Um, Madam Chair, I have... Um, uh, there are two presentations which will be made. Uh, the first one is uh, uh, from the department side, um, and I will uh, be calling uh, with your permission. I'll be uh, getting my the regional uh, chief director for Gauteng, uh, Mr. Sibusisu Mtembu, to uh, do that presentation. And there's some planning issues within that presentation where he will be e either assisted by Mayor Deborah Machotli or Mr. Livwana Mabuda. And then the second presentation, Madam Chair, will be the one for Rand Water, which will be done by the CE for Rand Water, Mr. Sipo Masai. Um, how much time do we have for the presentation, Madam Chair? Um, four o'clock now. Um, can you do it in 15 minutes for the department? Will do. Yes, and then so that we have time for Rand Water. Okay, Madam Chair, thank, thank you very much. I did uh, uh, anticipate it might be a short time, and I will give over to Sibu uh, Sisa and Tembu. And my apology if I didn't recognise when I uh, when I came on that I didn't recognise the other honourable members. If I could just greet them as well. Thanks, Madam Chair. Sibu Sisa, can you take over? Sibu Sisa, you've got 15 minutes. Go. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, can is the slide? Uh, can you see the slide, Chair? Yes, yes. Uh, Thank you, uh, Chair. This is a two-part presentation. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the I think the um, the first the planning part, and then we'll come to the projects that uh, the department is working on. Um, Chair, the, this is the, the uh, dynamics of the province in terms of uh, water provision. We are largely reliant on 95% of the water is surface water. Uh, Chair, we are, uh, all the plans that we have is to support the corridors 
as we all know that uh, the uh, for the five corridors in the province and uh, and this is a significant and important province that contributes over 34.8 percent of the of the gdp uh, chair if uh, the population stats i don't have to go through it chair uh, the members can can go through it if uh, at, at, at some stage uh, it's information that is available at, at states as a um, um, uh, data uh, if I can just allow uh, uh, Mr. Liwan Mabuda just to cover uh, briefly on the planning side or on the water side. Uh, Mr. Mabuda? Liwane? Uh, DDG. Um, it's like you have a problem with the uh, Mabuda. So what's this, sir? Yes, Chair. I'm sure I can run through it. This book cannot do it. I would recommend, Chair, through you. Who? Chair? Yes. Can we, can we get somebody to do it if we don't get Mabuta? Yes, Chair. All right. Uh, maybe I should just proceed, Chair. The, yes. This this is just to show the 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 rainfall patterns in in terms of the, uh, the southern part of of, of Africa. Uh, this is most of our rivers, Chair. That. Uh, um. Just a sec. Sorry, Chairperson. Chairperson, Chair. Uh, Mabuda says. Uh, he needs to be allowed in because uh, he got cut out. He's off the system. He, he needs to be uh, locked in because he says, uh, sorry, to be allowed in because he says he can't admit or something, something. Okay, they, they, they will, they, the officials, they can hear, they will, they will allow him in the system. So in the meantime, continue. Thank you, Chair. Uh, <clears throat> this just to cover some of the, in terms of the uh, the countries uh, split in terms of the water provision chain. Uh, we largely dependent on the surface water. And uh, when Mr. Mabuda comes through, chair, we'll talk a lot more around the water uh, that we've, we're getting from, from Lesotho. Um, I'll just try and fly through some of the presentations, chair, some of the slides, because uh, we have a lot of slides in 15 minutes, Chair. It's not enough time to cover everything. But Chair, on the, on the, on the, um, Chair, the this just to show the split in terms of the uh, hydrological boundaries of the, um, um, uh, I think 
those that know Johannesburg very well, it's around the uh, Parktown uh, area uh, in terms of the drainage um, part to the to the Indian Ocean and the other part towards the uh, and, uh, the the um, um, the the Atlantic Ocean. Um, this chair is just goes to show the the water management areas. Uh, this is largely chair the the Val area, uh, what we call the the Val uh, uh, Proto CMA, uh, with the upper Val covering uh, part of Kauteng, Pumalanga Free State, uh, the middle Val largely Free State, and then the lower Val in the northern in the northern Cape. Chair Kauteng uh, is provided water by a number of uh, by a very complex system. I'm sure you've seen this slide uh, before, Chair, which is an interlinkage of an, a number of dams, um, at about 14 dams that are connecting uh, to supply largely the Val, River, the Val Dam, which uh, rainwater uh, is using for abstraction, particularly to, to supply uh, housing. But these are, num these are important uh, series of dams that are key towards the security of uh, water supply in the economic hub of, of the country. Uh, this, that's just a, the counting uh, map in terms of the provision. Uh, Chair, the, the, what we call the integrated Val River system um, uh, is a large uh, complex water system that draws water from five different river basins across six provinces largely to, uh, to supply the economic hub of, of, of counting chain. Uh, I'll, I'll pass through, through this one. If Mr. Mabuda has joined, kindly indicate. Uh, the, if I can just, um, uh, Mr. Mabuda is going to explain these slides uh, very well, Chair. If I may just maybe fast forward to the area that uh, deals with the, um, the, the project site so that we don't, um, we do service to this slide. I know Mr. Balza wants this to be covered in thoroughly. Uh, Chair, this is some of, these are the dams that I was referring to earlier on. Um, if I can just fast forward to the, this part, Chair. This is the tool that is, we actually using in the department where we, we monitor and get information from municipalities in terms of the support that is being provided. Uh, Chair, basically, it's a, it's a, it's a tool uh, to support municipalities to address their vulnerabilities. It's linked to their five-year planning uh, agenda and linked to the WSDPs. Uh, Chair, it covers a range of issues from poor water services planning and priorities, aging infrastructure, uh, all the way to uh, uh, some of the issues that the, the municipalities deal with in terms of the stabilities of the organization to be able to provide water services. Chair, this, this slide is just to show the level of vulnerability in terms of infrastructure needs, the, particularly the red areas where the infrastructure needs attention in the province. On the sanitation side as well, Chair, you can see it's more dire Largely, Houten Che has a, a problem around uh, wet sanitation uh, because largely the province is, 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 is um, sanitation is a flush system. So this is some of the, uh, the difficulties that we, the municipalities in the province are dealing with 
in terms of infrastructure. Uh, Chair, I'm not going to cover this in detail. Um, uh, it, it just basically talk about the backlogs in terms of what is, um, has been provided in terms of uh, waterborne sanitation, septic tanks, et cetera, et cetera. It's just basically information, Chair, uh, for members to note. These are some of the institutions that we, we have in the province uh, that are dealing with, with water, TCTA, the department, the construction unit, the, some of the uh, CMAs, largely the VAL, and the boundary one, which is uh, the, bomb, uh, the Olifants and the Mpopo Northwest Proto-CMAs, and some of the irrigation ports. It's just some of the water sector partners that we, we are dealing with. Chad, I do want to highlight also the issue around the, the Blue Deal uh, project that uh, is co-funded by South Africa and Netherlands which is largely looking at uh, uh, particularly these are the three areas that are being, we've been focused on. Fredford Dome Heritage Site, basically to prevent pollution, pollution that emanates from the upper Val and uh, that come, comes across at the World Heritage Site. Uh, we, we are currently at risk share because of the pollution that is actually threatening the status of the Fredford Dome. Uh, both sprayed Ramza side chair. Uh, we we currently on hold with this the status of the Ramza side chair because of the uh, the pollution uh, issue from acid mine drainage as well as uh, sewer pollution in that area. So it's sewer is quite a problematic uh, challenge in, in in the province. Liebenberg's flay uh, catchment, largely the management of the un, uh, unlawful water usage. Uh, we're getting our water from the Sutu. Uh, as a result, this water needs to reach uh, Gauteng with the intended destination. Uh, there's a lot of water theft along the, along the along the way. So this is uh, the three areas that are covered by the Blue Deal uh, project, Chair. On the master plan side, Chair, we're still supporting municipalities on the Water Services Development Plan. We've got an, e, an, 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 uh, an EWSDP currently, which we're still uh, supporting municipalities to upload and, and have it running. Um, the Also, Chair, the, the issue around the provincial master plan, I should just cover here importantly on this slide, is that the province, COGTA um, um, and the Office of the Premier, has established a, a forum where we, which is going to assist to come up with a water security plan for the province, of which, Chair, I should mention that the master plan, the National Water and Sanitation Master Plan, covers a, largely a lot of issues around water security for the, for Gauteng as the economic hub. Uh, so, But we do need a smaller chapter for Gauteng province in terms of the water security. Uh, how that will be will, will, will be managed. Uh, we do know that uh, Gauteng is not a, cannot stand alone in terms of water. It's largely dependent on the neighboring uh, provinces, as I mentioned before. Uh, Chair, there is a committee that has been set up to look at in terms of development of this uh, master plan for the province. In terms of the district chair, these are some of the projects that we are dealing with, which you are, you are familiar with. Last week, we presented to the committee in terms of the projects that we have, uh, particularly Val interventions, um, the the what we call this Sidibeng Regional Sewer Scheme is the one for Mfuleni, um, um, Midval, 
and cuts across uh, those municipalities. Uh, this is just to show you the budget chain in terms of what we have. Uh, this is a project that has been in operation for some time. Uh, that in total it needs over six, seven billion rand share to to complete. And this is the budget that we don't have. Um, uh, we we we're gonna still need this budget going forward to, to ensure that we have all the wastewater sorted in that part of the of the province. Uh, this is just to share, the, you know about this slide, Chair, about the projects that we're having in the in the SRSS, which is basically to upgrade Siboking by 100 megaliters, uh, Mayor 10, as well as Lukeil and Ritzbrait, Chair. This is just to highlight the project the in Siboking. This is the site, Chair, where I think you've seen this, Chair, where, where you had people that were toy-toying. Um, those people are currently working on site. Uh, so currently we're still enjoying some quietness, but uh, it's a volatile area, Chair, um, that can erupt at any time. The Mayatin is what we have discussed, also the upgrade that we, we are currently doing there. Um, the pump station is one of the uh, beautiful pump stations that we are assisted by rainwater in the construction, and we're currently busy with the rising main. Uh, Ritzbrate and Luke Elche is, is uh, more about the upgrade of the plant to be able to deal with more effluent uh, coming through and uh, to unlock the moratorium on development that is currently in place in that part of the province. On the water, service, water services infrastructure grant allocations chair, these are some of the small projects that we are we, running with the municipalities from Lesedi, Midval, as well as Mfuleni. Uh, chair, the these are quite quite straightforward. I'll show you what we have done before, chair. In terms of the in midval, uh, this some of the replacement of the uh, uh, aged bulk pipelines, uh, the project that we completed last financial year, as well as uh, um, also in the in the Lesedi, we did some project chair in last financial year that that ended in last June. Uh, in terms of the replacement of the AC pipelines uh, to ensure reliability of supply, uh, upgrade of the sewer uh, pipelines as well. Uh, these are some of the projects that we're assisting the municipality on in terms of uh, municipal infrastructure grant. Uh, these are projects that are not necessarily handled by the department, but are projects that we appraise uh, that are implemented by the municipalities themselves. Uh, in in uh, they, because they have got an element of water and sanitation, they have to be appraised by the department. In terms of Western Chair, uh, I'll try and fast track because I don't have much time. Uh, this is the, the projects that we have on our big regional bulk infrastructure grant, the Western Area Regional uh, Bulk Sanitation, basically the Zirpecom and Moshagang Pump Station. The Zirpecom Chair is the interlinked um, uh, 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 regional works that uh, links on to the safe Fordin project, which I think uh, the uh, D, uh, HOD spoke about uh, in the in the western side of, of the province. The basically this is just the the, the 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 upgrading of what we have done before chair linking up to the what what we have now. Uh, the Zepacom I've mentioned chair it's a bulk pro, it's a bulk um, treatment plant that um, that chair is a new plant that needs to be built. Uh, we should have started by now chair on the construction. We are hoping that by the end of the financial year, 
will have started with the actual construction. All the plans and the designs are ready. Um, the Moshagan farm station, the same story, Chair, we are ready to, to commence there. Some of the projects that are not funded, Chair, uh, linked to the ZPECOM is the Safe Fontein bulk line that uh, is ready for construction. The designs and everything have been done, completed through uh, the HOD um, in the province. Uh, but it's a bulk line chair that we need to sort out that uh, drains into Zirpecom. Uh, Lindley project chair is the one that um, uh, links up to the to the uh, smart city that the president announced. Uh, we recently uh, gone through the water use license, uh, which um, uh, has been favorably considered uh, towards for the Johannesburg um, water to build a plant that is linked to the Lindley um, to deal with the smart city um, volumes there, Chair. Uh, Lion Park is one of the other projects that are quite critical that have not been actually funded in full. Uh, on the water services infrastructure allocation for the Western Chair, we, we've, we've done quite a lot. When you came for the oversight, you saw some of the work that we're busy doing uh, in there. The Renfontein wastewater plant chair was launched recently, which is covering the, uh, it's, a, it's a refurbishment of a new, um, refurbishment of the wastewater plant uh, to its uh, original design. It was completely dysfunctional, just like some of the plants in, in Fulani, and is now currently very, very much operational. Um, the, on Mohale City, we've also uh, worked chair in terms of the some of the projects to, to deal with uh, water conservation demand management uh, to assist the municipality to reduce the, the loss of, of, of water. Uh, in Merafong Chair, we, the relocation of the Kusong Reservoir, I think we, you saw this chair when you came for the, uh, the oversight. Uh, the Wadela uh, uh, wastewater plant is completely dysfunctional and the plant that chair we're also refurbishing just like the, the rainfontein. On the mix side chair, it's also the projects that we are praising as a department. These are the projects implemented directly by the municipality. Um, on the metro side chair, I'll just uh, run through this one very fast chair. Uh, these are some of the, um, the status of the uh, wastewater plants in the, in the metro chair. Uh, you will see right across most of them, Chair, that they are not fully compliant with the uh, discharge uh, standards. Uh, from Johannesburg to Tswane, in Tswane, Chair, we did brief you last week that we've got 15 plants that are also not compliant. Uh, that includes Royval um, as part of those. Uh, there's some good work in Royval that is, that is moving ahead. However, we still need to have a plan for the full 15 plans uh, that we have. Uh, the, we are in discussion with DBSA and the and the and Swane in terms of the um, funding because the biggest problem is the funding. We are doing what is, what I will call loosely the front loading of USDG to come up with some of the funding arrangements. We'll do the same with all the three metros that we have so that we can raise some of the budget to be able to deal with some of the wastewater. Uh, Chair, the, if I jump into the, the monitoring um, uh, instruments, Chair, that we have in terms of drinking water, you'll see, Chair, that in Fuleni, uh, you do find that there's, some, there's a lot of 
uh, non-compliance and in terms of the reporting of on, on our instruments, uh, largely because we we know that the municipality does not have enough capacity to deal with some of these. On the waste wastewater side as well, chair, we do some monitoring in terms of uh, what uh, uh, the discharge by each of the municipalities or the water service authorities, uh, and 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 we report on this on on biological. Uh, uh, Microbiological, chemical, physical, and operational um, matters check to ensure that we 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 have the latest information in terms of the functionality of our plants, whether drinking water or wastewater. The the last one chair is the the slide on the COVID nineteen interventions. We have done some significantly. I think uh, rainwater can come into this one chair. We, we did a lot in terms of the provision of the tanks. Um, the, these are the tanks, the storage uh, uh, tanks for water. We provided some of the tankers as well, uh, about 47 tankers. These are the, the trucks that deliver water. However, we, we, the, the, the sanitizers we also did deliver chair across the province in, in all the municipalities. Uh, as you have seen in some of the slides, Chair, that uh, uh, the community was receiving some of the sanitizers to be able to cope with the COVID-19. Uh, we also had a lot of um, uh, school programs on the health and hygiene programs in terms of the awareness. And we were also supported by UNICEF in terms of providing some of the, the hand washing facilities in the, in the communities, Chair. Uh, if I can maybe... I'd, I didn't do a good service on this presentation, Chair, because of time. It's a lot of presentation. If uh, Mabuda has joined, can you come in on the on the slide? Mr. Mabuda? Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, apologies, Chairperson, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee uh, leadership. Uh, Seeing that there isn't much time, uh, I just picked up at the tail end of uh, what's more presented. Uh, I could ask perhaps so, so that we don't spend too much time that we go to uh, slide number 20, uh, uh, Mr. Mtembu. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, slide number 20. What I picked up was uh, you gave a background of the integrated valve system, which is a key system for securing water for Houteng and the surrounding areas. Um, within planning, in order to make sure that that system is always in a healthy condition and meets the requirements uh, or the demands on it, uh, we undertake various uh, studies uh, on a continuous basis uh, with the involvement of the key stakeholders from the municipality, the province, the big industrial users and everybody, uh, and, and to make sure that we have strategies in place to make sure there is a balance between the water requirements and availability. Uh, if you can put to, go to slide number 22. Next slide, please. Yeah. Uh, in terms of our analysis, we obviously look at the demand, uh, 
drivers, which is uh, things like population growth, and the industrial investments, uh, water requirements by the mines, uh, by the irrigators, everybody. And that gives us a sense of what projected water requirements we may need. We go as far as 25 years into the future. Uh, understanding our system in this slide, we are showing that uh, the integrated Val River system is, uh, pulls up water from other uh, interlinked catchments because of the, our situation of water scarcity. Uh, we have 14 dams that are interlinked that contributes to a storage of about 11.2 billion cubic meters. Um, and, and the yield out of that is about 3 billion rands. We project that, uh, we, will, that we, we will need about 3.6 billion rands into the future. And in order to have that, we need to implement uh, certain projects the key one in this system is the Lesotho Islands Phase 2, uh, which is currently under implementation. And I will have a few things to say. The slide you're seeing now, uh, what you can take from it is that we don't, we, we, we will not, we should not be happy when we see red in it. Um, if you look at uh, around about 2020, currently where we are, and we look at the solid black line, which is more or less horizontal. That tells us how much we have, water we have in the system. We are only not having rise in 2020 because the system is fairly uh, well recharged. In other words, most of the dams have uh, quite sufficient uh, inflows into them during the previous summer months. Um, and when we do the analysis going into the future, we do not foresee uh, an implementation of restrictions uh, in the current hydrological year. Uh, but because of the delays in other options that are supposed to be implemented, the risk of uh, imposing restrictions uh, increases with time. That's why you have those hashed red lines showing elevated risks, especially if we do not put our water conservation and water demand management programs uh, online in the various municipalities. We have done an analysis and we know more or less who is performing how. If you can proceed to uh, perhaps slide, uh, the next slide. Can you summarize, please? Yes, uh, if, if, if I can just summarize, you can go to, uh, I think, uh, let, let's go to slide number 39. Right, thank you. Uh, this slide gives us a sense of what is happening currently in the implementation of phase two of Misuto Islands uh, Water Project. Uh, various contracts are currently on the go, and uh, the design processes for the dams and the tunnels 
uh, which will make sure that we are able to harvest water in the highlands and connect it into the existing water supply system, the existing tunnels that takes water through to Lindenberg's play and then into Valdeb for abstraction by groundwater. Uh, those designs are in place and they are working towards finalizing the tender documents for both the, the, the dam as well as the transfer tunnel. They have done some baseline uh, environmental impact and social uh, assessments uh, and also worked on compensation and re relocation. They have done the hydropower development feasibility studies and TCTA are working on the project finance. Uh, proceed to the next slide. Uh, go to slide number 41, please. Yeah, the current challenges we're having with Lesotho Island Phase 2 uh, are the risks as indicated there. Um, we need uh, work permits for South Africans and others to work in Lesotho, uh, as well as mining permits and issues of taxes and uh, obviously the unforeseen uh, geotechnical conditions for the tunnels. All that is being managed uh, by the senior leadership of both Lesotho and South Africa, so that uh, it doesn't delay uh, the process. Of course, there is uh, there are delays due to COVID-19. If we uh, do not uh, meet the targets as foreseen, uh, we will have to firm up on the uh, issue of uh, operating the existing system in more efficient way. And as I have indicated, if we hit a situation where our analysis show restrictions will have to be imposed, we'll go to our principles for that to be put up. We also have to work on reducing pollution and also uh, implementing um, the, the maximum installed capacity, making sure that the together valve system is fully operational. There were some social issues there uh, and engineering issues that needed to be sorted out uh, with that existing system. Um, the other option will be to start looking at the next scheme, which is the together water project, uh, where we will need to do an environmental impact assessment. Uh, in order to make sure that we can implement that project. Uh, it is foreseen that it will be required by about 2040, but depending on how successful we are with other measures, we may have to put it a little bit forward. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mabunda. Can we then hand it over to Rent Water, um, CE? Thanks, Madam Chair. Um, there we go. Ramwater will be coming in in a moment. Thanks, Honourable Chair. There we have it. Sipo, will you just introduce yourself? Yes, good afternoon, Chair and members. Um, my name is Sipo Masai. I'm the Chief Executive of Rainwater. Um, I hope the presentation is visible from your side. Um, yep. Essentially, we've been requested to talk about our delivery plan um, and our CAPEX plan over the next five years um, to ensure security of supply in our area of operation 
particularly in Gauteng. Um, this slide provides an, an, an overview of um, our supply area, uh, specifically referring to um, Gauteng, um, which is in that bluish color. But our area of operation obviously extends beyond Gauteng. It covers areas of Mpumalanga, and then we have a pipe network that extends all the way to, to govern Begi to provide bulk water. Um, our footprint also goes into, into uh, Free State to cover Mate, which is in Paris. We also have an extensive footprint in the Northwest. Um, together with other water boards, we supply Rustenbeck and surrounding areas with a pipe network. Um, but by and large, um, our area of operation, um, it's mainly in, in Gauteng, where we supply most of our water. The, just in terms of staying in this slide, on average, um, we supply 4,380 megaliters of water. Um, at a given time, we have picked at 5,008 million liters of water. Um, in terms of our distribution network, um, we have 3,500 kilometers um, of pipe network um, in our area of operation. Um, with the biggest diameter pipe um, in Renota being 3.5 meter diameter pipe, but mostly our pipes are um, greater than 600 millimeter diameter. Through the 60 reservoirs that we have, we can store a total of 6,085 megaliters of water. Um, of course, our reservoirs range between 20 megaliters to 650 megaliters. And of course, um, we have bulk meters, 640 of them, um, which are greater and equals to 10 millimeter diameter. Our main source of water, um, because essentially our primary activity um, is to provide bulk water. It's um, um, the bulk dam from which we draw water, purify and, and distribute to, to our consumers and, and municipalities. This is a different representation of our supply system. Um, of course, we, we have what we call primary systems and booster systems. Our primary systems essentially entail the raw water supply system. Um, this is the system obviously that gets water uh, from the Val Dam. Um, we then gravitate most of our water into our purification works um, uh, where we treat water um, to convert raw, raw water into potable water. We then pump it into our, um, if you like, booster systems. And from the booster system, we further pump to our municipalities in our area of operation. Um, these two are mainly in the Val, and, um, um, and then the rest are spread throughout our area of operation. You'll see in the next slide, Mapleton system supplied mostly to the west, Aikenhoff system to the east, and the two uh, Zorkopis um, and Palmit to the central parts of operation. This is the schematic uh, representation of um, the system that I've just outlined. Um, here's the Valdem right at the bottom there the two purification works, uh, Zikerbosch and Ferenachim. Uh, Ferenachim also draws water from um, the rivers directly, 
the bulk of our water is through a pipe network where water gravitates to Zeker Borch, from which we pumped into permit, uh, into sort of booster system, a permit to the east and um, to the west, uh, Mapleton to, to, um, to the east. Right. This slide gives um, a summary of um, our CAPEX main infrastructure drivers and, and how is our capital, capital expenditure budget broken down. Really, our CAPEX is um, informed by the demand growth forecast. Um, we look at the demand on a continuous basis and, and then ask ourselves questions whether we need to augment and and, and renew our infrastructure to meet the growth forecast. We also look at uh, do um, condition assessment continuously to, to determine the, the condition of our asset and how it's performing and managed, and then give, get an indication of the need to either renew or augment. Um, the Indadema Buddha has already spoken about resource limitations. This is now we're talking at the top end of our value chain. Um, this is the raw water supply. We look at um, the limitations from that point of view. As we all know that the Lesotho Highlands project has been delayed, I don't know for how many years now, and therefore poses serious limitations from our raw water uh, supply point of view. We look at um, water conservation and demand management initiatives. We bring them on board to make a determination to an extent to which we need to augment our system. And, and, and whether the water conservation and demand management, um, if implemented, will alleviate um, the need to further augment. Um, so we factor that into, into, into our CAPEX um, infrastructure planning going forward. But we have what you call growth pillars that I'll quickly explain in the next slide. These growth pillars, they talk about um, how do we address some of the risks that we have identified in our value chain to ensure sustainability going forward. This will then find expression in our capital budget. So after we have factored these um, into, into play or into our planning cycle, we then break down our capital budget into augmentation um, and renewal, um, renewals capex augmentation. It's really um, where we add additional uh, infrastructure to meet future growth and renewal. It's essentially the refurbishment of the current um, uh, assets that we have. The augmentation is really funded by borrowing and, and the income that we generate, the renewal is really funded by our own income. So in terms of our modus operandi, um, we, we generate our own revenue from the municipalities um, and then we, we plan for the generation of what we call profits but essentially those are reserves that we generate. Um, we don't declare dividends. All our profits go back into the infrastructure. So if we generate sufficient revenue, we are able to alleviate the need to fully go into the capital market to borrow money. In other words, the tariffs that we charge and, 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 and that have been passed, they also assist in CAPEX um, uh, provision going forward. In a year, like we are seeing now where it looks like we may not get, uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed, um, an increase. What, what it essentially means is that it, it poses serious risk in terms of our augmentation, our renewal. 
In other words, we will then go into a mode of preserving the cash that we have to keep the current system going um, and therefore um, shy away from the augmentation and renewable projects uh, because we will not be generating sufficient income for ourselves. And even if we go into the market, um, we will not be able to get the necessary um, capital to augment our infrastructure precisely because we will not have going forward the necessary tariff to pay back those loans. So what then happens if we look at the current scenario where, for example, Ekurlen is saying we need to um, we need additional connections because we are growing, we need to create jobs. We are able, we are saying no, we can't because we don't know what the future holds and therefore we are thinking of suspending our CAPEX. So the issues of tariff increase are critical in that, um, that they assist in augmentation. And if you don't go that route, it means it's a matter of time that um, the, the this um, investment led thereof on our on our um, infrastructure will catch up on us. Um, so essentially, the 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 point that we are making here is that we, we're not receiving any external funding elsewhere. Um, we need to get our own revenue generated um, so that we are either able to, to borrow using these assets that we will have uh, built over the years and therefore with the tariffs that have been passed to pay for that. I talked about strategic um, growth pillars um, that we also provide for. This will enable us to monitor the system in totality and optimize it. But secondly, it also deals uh, that budget with uh, non-revenue water in our part of the value chain. And to a certain extent, we have helped some of the municipalities to deal with uh, non-revenue water that um, they are experiencing the value chain. And our CAPEX also include that. But as it's been indicated at the top end of the value chain, the issues of effluent reuse are extremely important. The issue of um, diversifying our sources of raw water, um, we are looking at boreholes because essentially, um, as we have seen in the last 10 years, we're just not getting enough water from the surface water. As it has been indicated and extensively that there are challenges in terms of getting surface water into the system. So we can't sit back and throw our hands in the air we need to look at different ways of ensuring supply of water going forward. And those initiatives find expression in our CAPEX budget, including the use of effluent that is already in the system for non-portable use and the augmentation of the raw water through boreholes and um, other sources of water other than surface water. The, we don't view wastewater that comes from the wastewater treatment works as waste. We believe it's an asset going forward. And um, we are starting to build the CAPEX to see if we can um, work very closely with some of the municipalities. We have a good partnership with the city of Jobek um, to, to take their wastewater to reuse it instead, as I indicate, uh, solely depending on surface water. Number six, what we also put in our budget is to, to look at if we can um, integrate vertically and otherwise in our value chain to ensure sustainability going forward. Hydropower, our biggest cost driver is energy. Um, in a year where we will have double digit increase in chemicals and hydro, where we're not getting any tariff increases. So we have our backs against the wall. So what do we do? We need to look at generating our own energy and, and manufacturing our own chemicals because you cannot have a situation where you can't pass a tariff, but your input tariffs are increasing the double digits. So it's a matter of time that you will um, uh, go down under because 
if you have costs that are increasing by a percentage that is way more than the tariff increase, it means your business sustainability will be in jeopardy going forward. So we, through our growth pillars, we build in our capex the need to ensure that we build enough the necessary infrastructure to ensure our sustainability going forward. I'm not going to go into this slide. I already summarized it. Um, in terms of the demand forecast, we look at our customer focus, particularly the big municipalities um, or metros, to, to check where their growth is going to be. Um, we're predicting 1.5 to 2% growth, and, and those then go into our demand projections. But we also um, lies with state South Africa and other people that do population change forecasts. We build that into our planning scenario, the combination of which then determines the amount of water that we need and therefore the infrastructure that is needed to meet future demands. This slide gives an indication of um, our customers in the main. Really, our revenue is largely dependent on what we call big four. Um, the city of Johannesburg and Ekurlene, those are our biggest customers. There are 6.8 to 37% of our potable water goes to the city of Johannesburg, followed by Ekurlene, Tswani, and a distant fourth, Enfuleni. Um, and then you see that we have other direct customers that make about 3.1%, and the rest is spread throughout other municipalities um, in our area of supply. Approximately 83.4% of potable water goes to those um, four municipalities. This is a slide that if we had time, the Demabunda would have um, spent uh, um, time on. The, this slide, um, very busy slide, but to summarize it, what we do in terms of our annual average daily demand projections going forward, we look at where the demand is going and, and where are we in terms of the water provision in summary, you can see um, in 2020, we have what we call a supply deficit. In other words, the demand for water is more than what the system can provide. Um, and when we start talking about um, restrictions, it's essentially to ensure that we do not um, have a demand that far outweighs what we are able to supply. So this assists us to plan and give an indication of where are we um, in terms of our ability to supply water and what is required, and therefore work with our municipalities to reduce the demand so that we can uh, fit into what we are able to supply. Then after we have uh, done that, we also, as I indicate, um, we then talk about the augmentation that is um, talking about the increase in the need for new water going forward and the renewal, which essentially is continuous. This looks at um, the infrastructure that we have when we talk about maintenance and some of the challenges that other, water other utilities, not water, outside us like ESCOM, where they talk about um, the challenges that they have with the security of electricity is as a result of the renewable program. So for us, this is also extremely important in terms of um, those condition assessment and looking at plant performance and ensure that our system is renewed to ensure continuous supply um, going forward. Um, I've already talked about um, resource limitation. We do have the resource limitation and we need to um, again indicate that the delays in the Soto Highlands Water Project Phase 2 um, will impact um, in our ability to augment the system and, and, and provide water to 
to, to the municipalities going forward. So in terms of the how we have managed the resource um, limitations, as it has been indicated, we also look at um, the restrictions. We don't, there's no indication that uh, in 2020 there will be, um, but of course we, we have um, issues of over abstraction as it is um, from the system um, that without a doubt will result in um, in restrictions um, going forward. I already indicated the growth pillars that we look we need to look at to augment the system um, so that if we have all these shortfalls in the integrated Valdiva River system, we are able to, to tap other sources to ensure supply of water. Currently, we are um, augmenting our system um, with about 600 megalitres of water. And we anticipate that we will need additional one in our primary system by 2026. And as I indicated, we're also anticipating that we will probably get an additional 500 million litres of water from, from boreholes and, 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 and the systems that are indicated. One of the areas that we look at um, is the water conservation and demand management. Um, we're talking about our own internal loss of about 4%, which is close to 175, between 175 and 220 megalitres of water a day. But as I indicate, we also look at municipal losses that are currently sitting at approximately um, 30%. Um, on the extreme side, we're talking about 1,800 megalitres of water a day. We build this in our projection and work with our municipalities in terms of water use efficiency models that we have developed and some of the interventions, including um, PRVs, uh, pressure reducing valves that we recommend our municipalities to install in their system to actually minimize the water losses and therefore reduce the needs to augment the system going forward. Impact of COVID-19. Um, the, we are anticipating that the impact will be in an order of about 850 million rands for the 2019-20 to 2021. In terms of the interventions that we need to do and things that we need to do differently in line with um, the COVID-19. But what we have seen um, is that um, as a result of COVID-19, we have very low productivity in terms of the implementation of our projects and some of them will be um, impacted um, um, for the next six months. Um, going forward in terms of the medium and long-term effect on water demand, um, we anticipated the demand productions um, from our defaulting municipalities will increase. Um, some of the business will go bankrupt and certainly our revenue will be put into a lot of strain um, in terms of sustainability um, going forward. So there may be limited impact in the short term, um, reverting back to uh, our original projections, uh, but in the medium and the long term, we anticipate that we will be affected accordingly. Just in terms of the summary of our five-year CAPEX, um, a number of projects are planned to achieve um, the following. Um, as I indicated, the augmentation that we're currently busy with of 600 megalitres, and later on an, an additional 600 megalitres. Um, an additional 400 megalitres will be saved by 2026 if we implement with our municipalities um, um, water conservation and demand management measures. And we'll continuously have an ongoing programme to, to refurbish our engine infrastructure and um, strategic projects will be implemented um, 
in the next five years. Our CAPEX projection is about 28 billion for the next five years. We spend approximately just over 2 billion CAPEX per annum. Um, ideally, we should be spending 3 billion, but because of the delays, uh, particularly with regards to, to COVID, we are seeing, as I indicate, about six months delay in some of the project's implementation. This is just a snapshot of some of the projects that we are planning in terms of all the systems that indicated. Um, I'm not going to, to take you through all of them. We annotate our pipes in terms of B's and C's, O's and H. In terms of the, and the systems, um, certain systems we use B's, in certain systems we use S's, depending on uh, where the system is going. So for each and every system, we have planned projects to augment um, our system. Um, this is a diagram, if you like, a table representation of where and how much and which system do we need to augment by when uh, to pick uh, um, to meet the peak demands. Just to just demonstrate Zeker Bosch with our uh, purification works. You can see here the design capacity is 3,600, but the peak demands for 2020 is already 4,300. And therefore, the 600 and the six, um, the two 600s that I've been talking about um, will be to ensure that we augment to meet future demands uh, going forward. We do all that in our system so that we know when to augment by how much in which system um, to ensure additional capacity. These are also additional um, budget allocations um, for the systems that we have to augment the system going forward for over a period of time and, and the totals in terms of runs and cents of each and every intervention uh, to augment the system. So the first page is augmentation, the next page is the renewal projects. So where um, do we spend most of the money in terms of CAPEX? Um, most people will argue that we are a pipeline business precisely because really um, most of the work and CAPEX goes towards pipes to, to augment our pipe networks, to refurbish and to renew our, our pipe networks. So about 13 billion in the next five years, 13 and about billion will go to our pipes, followed by the reservoirs, and then the rest will be mixed across all categories, including engine rooms. Um, briefly, Chair, that is the our CAPEX program um, going forward. Thank you. Madam Chair, that's the end of our presentations. Thank you very much, Honourable Members and Madam Chair. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, um, CEO of Randwater. Um, uh, DG. Thank you very much, CEO uh, of Rentwater. Honorable members, those are the presentation. Um, I know that we have not received the presentation on the district model. Um, but we had the uh, presentation on the on the provincial a business plan for for human settlement and business plan for the province 
uh, of water and sanitation, and then included the 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 the, the, the plan, the strategic plan for rainwater. Honourable members, I'm now going to invite you to talk to the presentation. Hello, Chairperson. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Chairman. There's someone who's uh, beating up something behind him. Yeah, I think the presentation, to me, I'm fine with the presentation. Maybe I missed the legislative framework uh, for future. Because I think all these plans we can work on. But I think every time when we talk about water, we always say that the issue of transformation, how do we translate that for black people to have access to water? How do we make sure that uh, communities in all levels are having access to clean water? I'm pro the plans are good, but I'm not sure I didn't hear the legislative framework. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Tseki. I think they are noting uh, both of them. Um, Honorable Masala. Honorable Masala. Thanks so much, Chairperson. Uh, um, you know, my, my, my worry is it seems like we did not receive the presentation on on rent water. I don't know if others received or not, but uh, 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 we, I, we did not receive anything. Hmm. So it's fine, we're going to, 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 to proceed, but I think this must come to an end now. Hmm. And then before I start, Shepperson, you know the behavior that we saw today, when we said that the meeting must be adjourned due to the fact that the minister is not attending to committee meeting was very strange. You know, South Africa is now collapsing is because of all those things. Because when the EFF said before in parliament that um, the country was collapsing under the, 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 the leadership of uh, the previous president, Jacob Zuma, is the same ANC that was defending. So today we are worried about the minister who's always not coming to the committee. And it's the very same ANC that is defending the same thing as well. But let me pass to that. My question is, the need for housing to give us an economic overview of how the DDM is operational in the province falls within the mandate of the PC of COPTA and Select Committee. I will repeat, we need to know how grants administered by the two departments will effectively and optimally be used within the DDM, DDM to centralize budgets and resources at all levels of government 
to give the best and professional service delivery to the people. Chairperson, please relook at the mandate of the Portfolio Committee of Human Settlement, Water and Sanitation. Although concurrent functions are the basics, are the basis for the two sectors, we need to undertake oversight on how national government intends to play its role within the human settlement, water and sanitation on the district development model. The second question is, water resources management in the country is reliant on the ability of establishing catchment management agencies to devolve resources management from national to regional. Why does South Africa only have two established cash management agencies? The other one, uh, Chairperson, is why did National Department of Human Settlement not provide any analysis as its oversight and monitoring of use of grants and release of land in Gauteng province? Why leave it only to Gauteng? And the last one question, did this province of Gauteng procure the services of consultants to undertake this work, the work they are doing? If so, could the department elaborate on how one could shift away from overuse of consultants, as, as was the case with developing the integra integra integrated development plan? Thank you. Hmm. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Musala, uh, Honorable Tseke. Honorable Tseke. Honorable Mul Honorable Sisoy. Honorable Sisoy. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you for the presentation, Chairperson, uh, from the presenters. Just uh, two areas. The, the, there's a mention of a problem that they do have in terms of the title deeds. He is mentioning that the deeds office is closed. Just an interest, is it closed because of the lockdown or is there a particular reason that it is closed and therefore they cannot proceed uh, with the program? The second issue there is the issue of a uh, there is a project that is funded in Netherlands, funded by South Africa. Uh, I don't know, is the Netherlands the one that is in America? Okay, it's perhaps a place in South Africa. Just a clarity on what, what is this project um, so that we, we got to know it. The um, 15 plants are not compliant. Uh, I, I, I just need to be reminded 
which ones are those? And do we have a program of action to really uh, address, intervene on the non-compliance? Those are the three areas, Chair, that I want to ask. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Honorable Mokoto. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, our presentation today uh, talked about uh, projects that were abandoned or blocked projects. Uh, the 3D Mamilodi 10 and 20 is one of those projects. So what I would like to know is why were those project, projects um, abandoned or blocked? And was there no budget that was provided for those abandoned or blocked projects? And if there was a budget for them, what happened to that budget? Uh, then I'll move to another question. Does the Department of Water and Sanitation have an updated water quality modeling in place to guide policy interventions as well as to guide wastewater disposal strategies to reduce and increase the volumes of reusable water? There are serious shortcomings in the management of the integrated Val River system. How is this addressed between rainwater and the Department of Water and Sanitation? And then in the Houghton presentation, they also mentioned the pollution, which is uh, the Val River pollution, which is uh, threatening uh, the Friedeng Forte Dome. So my question is, what is the Houghton province doing about that problem? That is not only threatening the Friede Forte Dome. Do they have any strategy put in place to deal with that effectively? And then have there been any consequence management to deal with the people that are causing that pollution? And then if they do have a time frame to deal uh, with that pollution or to deal with the people that, you know, have caused uh, pollution in the Val River, which is now affecting uh, the environment, you know, water and, for example, the Friede Fort, Forte Dome, um, do they have a, a time frame to deal with all those that, uh, you know, affect uh, the or that pollute the Val River. And then um, what percentage of RBIG and WSIG grants are spent by municipalities in the previous financial year in Gauteng? Again, acid mine drainage rehabilitation in Gauteng is a serious problem. Could the department provide a progress report 
on AMD. Another question, how many directives or notices have been instituted for non-compliance by the Department of Water and Sanitation against municipalities being presented today in the previous financial year? And we are told there are many water waste treatment works or plants, you know, the, which do not comply. And I don't think that this is happening now or it started happening last year. It's been a problem. What has the Department of Water and Sanitation and the Department of uh, Water and Sanitation and Gauteng effectively done to deal with this problem so that it must just come to an end? And we've been talking or the department has been talking about uh, even municipalities, they've been talking about old infrastructure. When are they going to deal with this once and for all so that we stop talking about uh, uh, water pipelines, you know, which are not functioning properly because they are old? When are we going to do effective work? And we'll be, uh, municipalities have been complaining about um lack of skills uh, from employees that are working in the water waste treatment plants when are they going to start employing the right people who know their work so that we don't have any problem of water and sanitation thank you chairperson um, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Mokutu, Honorable Mvana. Chair? Uh, I'm, I'm checking, I'm checking, uh, Chair. Maybe I have missed it. The presentation had something telling us that there are illegal connections. Um, from the water that is from the Sotho to South Africa. Is there any plan to curb this? Or maybe if they have started it, what have they done? Of course, we understand that there was lockdown and things were on standstill, but what movement have they done right now? Thanks, Chair. I think others have been covered. Thank you, Honorable Mvana. Honorable Grace, thank you. Honorable Tafene. Thank you, Chaperson. Uh, my question. Uh. We are listening, Honorable Tafeni. Can you continue? 
integrated Pearl River. Oh. You are cutting, honorable member. Can you start? Honorable Safin. Chairperson. Yes. Yes, Chairperson. Oh. Yes, Chairperson. Well, listening, honorable member, can you continue? We can pass to the send, she'll come back again. I think she's struggling with my way. Thank you. Honorable Mushala, Honorable Teke, we're still struggling too. I suppose I've not missed anybody. Um, both the uh, Honorable Jay, you have missed me. Oh, I thought you are gone. I'm sorry. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry for that. Uh, no problem, it's okay. Um, so just chairperson, a, a comment directed at you is that I'm a little bit concerned on the DHS side of things, which you know is my focus specifically, that we're lacking the uh, requisite analysis from the parliamentary researchers uh, on the DHS side about the implications um, of, of, of the revised program and budget, et cetera. So I think possibly that's a conversation that we need to have as a committee, um, but that would be very helpful in, in helping us as MPs sort of understand the impact of all of that. Then I, I really don't have very much to say at this point. I have this morning spoken to a number of my colleagues from Gauteng who sit in the provincial legislature on um, the housing committee there and a couple from the city of Joburg. Um, and they've raised a number of quite serious concerns around uh, underspending uh, timelines that, that shift uh, over 350 unfinished projects um, the housing developments that are started and then stopped and invaded or foundations are stolen um, and, and the housing waiting list being a, a, a huge issue. Um, we need to understand uh, who is on that housing waiting list so that we, uh, as part of our oversight capacity, can, can monitor against sort of corruption creeping into housing allocations at the local level. But those are discussions that we need to have when, when the quarterly reports come to us. So uh, I think that, that, that a more robust and thorough interrogation can be done at that point. I do just have one question, and um, it pertains to slide five of the HSDG presentation, where we're looking at the quarterly outflow, uh, the cash flows. And I just note, um, obviously, everything's kind of been shifted up because of COVID. But in April, there was 1.3 million rand that was spent on absolutely nothing. 
Um, can we just have clarity? Was that penalties on tenders? Uh, were those delays? Um, what was that 1.3 million rand that, that was spent? There were no stands and there were no units achieved for that. So may we please get some clarity and then we will await for the quarterly reports um, uh, in, in monitoring what's being um, presented here today. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honourable Powen. Um, do I miss any Honourable Member assisting? Okay, similarly, um, most of the uh, members have spoken here. Let me add the questions. Um, firstly, on and welcome all the presentation. Um, We've, we've dealt much more on, on the last week when we're dealing with the intervention on, on the on the VAL. Just to understand this issue on, on the Lesotho phase two, uh, because the the CEO of Rainwater, as he was presenting, was saying if if the project gets delayed or not implemented, uh, we might, might face a challenge in terms of water supply. Just to check uh, with, the, with the acting DG, uh, the progress so far, because we, we were told that the minister has signed uh, the MU, and then there was a short turning. So why there is this PA again of uh, of 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 us not meet, meeting the target. Uh, <clears throat> the second issue is on the when we met with Houting at some point, the NEC came and 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 present to us uh, as a portfolio committees, and uh, our visit we have raised. The issues uh, that Honorable Powell is raising, we have raised them, and MEC, unfortunately, is not here to confirm that what 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 plans do they have in terms of the um, issue of the beneficiary list um, <clears throat> and and indicated and I've seen on the on their presentation most of the of the budget. It's going to on the site allocation. But the biggest problem that we found, particularly in Chuan, when we were in Chuan, was the problem of <coughs> stand um, or yeah, site allocation where um, people claim that uh, those that have authorities sell their stance and give it to, to other people means that the beneficiary system list is not is, is, is not uh, done properly. Uh, just to check on that one, what is what is the processes and and, and processes in terms of the beneficiary uh, list and how do we implement issues that were raised by the uh, DPME on the 
participation of the beneficiaries themselves. Because if we don't correct the beneficiary list, we still have the problem of participation of the beneficiaries and we still have houses that are being built which has not been occupied. Just want to check those areas because that, that was a major issue in Gauteng when we, we met with the MEC. The other issue is on the, <clears throat> the hostel in Uto. Uto. Um, it was indicated that there was a mistake that was done where the when the exchange of land were done, um, <clears throat> they end up actually uh, mismanaged the, the project itself, and therefore in that community of Kitong, the hostel, they, 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 they have a problem. And, and just to check how far has the department gone in addressing those issues. The last one from me is on the... <clears throat> On, on the um, rent water, good, good um, papers and and the the plans for 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 for, for providing uh, clean water to our people. Just to check in terms of the other. They complain about the municipality not paying. I just want to check with the rainwater whether do they have the same problem. If they don't have, what is it that they do best that can be shared with other other boards? Um, those are the questions. Can um, we get a response? Um, DG Shangana and DG Trevor, you can allocate. Thanks, Chair. I wonder if I could suggest that DG Shangana comes in first and then I will follow. Chaperson. Chaperson. Yes, ma'am. I'm honorable, Chaperson. Yes. Yeah, Chairperson, thank you. I'm getting a call because of network in the Eastern Cape. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Yeah, Chairperson, the issue of the minister is serious. Please, Slalo, the next meeting, Minister, because the members of the committee are supposed to tell the minister the issues of, of their communities. The min that minister is not knowing the things that is doing in the communities. So please, Chairperson, the, the issue of minister is serious now. So please, Chairperson, don't do that. Because human settlement, water and sanitation. And the attend meetings human settlement, water and sanitation, members, issues Please, next time. 
Minister Magabe Kwanemitingi. My question is, how is the Department of Water and Sanitation developing the integrated Pal River system infrastructure to meet? I thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Honourable Tafeni, no one is protecting minister not to come to the committee. So, and, and, and the previous meeting, there was agreement that there is a need for the minister to come to the meeting, and we will continuously invite the minister to the meeting. So, so, so no one is saying but, minister protecting anybody not to come to the meeting. Can we proceed? Uh, um, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Honourable Chair. I think he's just coming in. Uh, okay. okay, Chair, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see him coming in there. Uh, Chair, if I could follow the Honourable Chair, if I could follow the same route that we did the other evening or the other day when we did uh, Free State, and if I could get the um, uh, regional head for Gauteng uh, and the CE for. Randwater to respond to the questions. The one issue which I would just ask some guidance on you, uh, uh, Madam Chair, the, the number of issues raised by uh, Honourable uh, Mohoto, which are really local government issues, and we might have to find a way of trying to address those. They, they're not 100% in the domain of the department, but we might have to just find a way of addressing those. I hope that uh, see, uh, uh, might be able to touch on some of them, but we might not respond satisfactorily on all of them. Sibusisa, would you mind? Uh, sorry, Madam Chair, is that okay if I, we carry on with the same uh, yes, way yes. we did the other? Thanks, Madam yes. Chair. Sibusisa, uh, can you come in and then uh, Randwater uh, uh, CE Sipo, uh, uh, if you could follow immediately? Thanks, Madam Chair. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, to start with, on the Blue Deal, uh, Netherlands is the country uh, chairperson. Uh, it's not part of the Americas, it's in Europe. Uh, it, um, they, we've had a long partnership with the Netherlands on water resources uh, management. Uh, this is continuing from that partnership chair. It's uh, the latest projects that we're working on. We had a uh, a number of other projects before and the, this one chair is is basically dealing with um, assisting us in terms of the management of the dealing with the pollution that uh, is affecting uh, the the world heritage sites uh, the Fredo Ford uh, dome as well as the Blessburg Sprite uh, chair these are also the plans in terms of uh, stopping the pollution in Fredo Ford uh, chair is part of the Val River uh, system intervention program. Once we st we're able to stop the pollution from the up upstream, uh, it will be, uh, the problem will, will actually be uh, solved in terms of the threat of food. But the biggest pro problem is that we have pollution upstream that comes to 
or passes through the World Heritage Site. And the, on the Tswane Wanche, we, we do have a list of 15 uh, wastewater works in Tswane. Uh, I think it was in slide 82 of the presentation where we listed a number of uh, wastewater plants um, or that are non-compliant uh, and those that are semi-compliant, but we're not necessarily happy with the, how the compliance is, being, is, is, is actually being done there. Uh, the, the plan on the 15 chair is that we, we have engaged with DBSA, uh, with the city, uh, to come up with uh, the front-loading method approach on um, uh, um, um, uh, utilizing some of the USDG funding that the city is, is getting to raise uh, uh, the budget that is needed. For now, Chair, we're looking at Roy Val, which is a, is a, is a key one, uh, Pavian Sport, uh, Sutherland Ridge, to actually get about 2.7 billion in the next MTF. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot commit beyond the MTF period, Chair. Uh, this will be almost a loan funding that the Department uh, of um, uh, Water and Sanitation, as well as Department of Human Settlement, will co-sign with DBSA and the city that uh, part of the USDG grant will be used to, to pay the loan to the, for, to the DBSA so that we can get the money upfront to deal with some of these pollution problems. Uh, unfortunately, depending on the strength on, on how much the city will be getting over the MTF, uh, we can only commit so far, Chair, um, in terms of the borrowing with, with the DBSA. It's still a, a new uh, approach, Chair. Uh, we, we're navigating very slowly and making sure that we, we dot all I's and cross all T's uh, that the municipality is not left with a burden at, uh, in, the long, in the long run. Uh, hence, the two departments, water and sanitation, which we are investigating that it will run the program management, uh, human settlement in terms of, as they are the administrators of the USDG, and the city who are the beneficiaries uh, of, the, of the scheme. Unfortunately, there's not enough uh, funding in the, in the national fiscals to cover all the, the 15 wastewater plants. So we'll deal with them in terms of the priorities as, as uh, uh, they, they come. Uh, hopefully in some future, we'll be able to get enough funding so that the city can actually refurbish as well as increase the capacity of the these wastewater plants to be able to deal with the growth that is happening. As I mentioned earlier on, Chair, Kauteng is growing at about 300,000 people per annum. Uh, and, and a large portion of, of, of the increase is in the city of, of, of uh, Tswane. Uh, in terms of the, the strategy on the water reuse chair, is something that we're actually looking at uh, very seriously in terms of, uh, it's already happening indirectly, chair. For example, uh, you, you can take the water that is being used in the, the area of Amanskrat as partly reuse because it, it goes to the to the wastewater works, it gets released, and it gets caught uh, downstream at Lubral Dam and, and, and treated and, 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 and uh, uh, reticulated. Um, we, it's a strategy that we are aggressively looking at because we don't have uh, infinite supply of water. Uh, if you look, for example, in terms of Johannesburg water, uh, the Northern Works is receiving almost 500 uh, uh, million, um, 
500 megaliters of, of, of uh, tra treating 500 megaliters of effluent. Uh, this is some partly some of the water that is coming from the Lesotho scheme. Uh, and they need to make sure that we don't lose some of this water. So it, the razor use is, is happening, but not necessarily directly. Now we want to move to a process where we can reuse directly from treated effluent into potable water, and it should be uh, reticulated. Obviously, there will be considerations for the environment, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, once, once we aggressively look in that strategy chain. It's being done in other areas of the world uh, successfully, uh, as well as South Africa can do that. On the uh, Val River system intervention chair, uh, the, we have brought in some alignment. Uh, Rainwater has actually seeded the entire project of the Val River system, uh, SRSS, City Bank Regional Sewer Scheme, to the department, um, as well as within ERVAD, we're bringing the management into the department. The approach there, Chair, is that we have a centralized command center. Uh, we're setting up a program portfolio office which will deal with the management of the of the of the entire scheme. We're looking chair in ensuring that we 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 can deal with the refurbishment work as one program as well as de deal with the upgrade program, which is what Randwater was dealing with over the years. Uh, so that we it all sits in one house. We don't have um, a number of implementing agents. So that's where we 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 are at the moment, chair. Uh, in terms of the refurbishment work. Uh, we are in the process where we soon got to go out on tender to get some of the contractors to do the refurbishment work for the entire SRSS. Uh, Chair, I should mention that we do have a budget of 911 for this financial year. However, we don't have the budget for the next financial year. The total that is required is 2.2 billion rand for the refurbishment work only. Uh, for the upgrade program, you're looking at about 7 billion rand, Chair. Uh, so that we can get the the moratorium uh, lifted so that there could be more development. So it's two programs that are running a parallel chair, the refurbishment as well as the upgrade program. Um, the, um, the In terms of the, the pollution chair, we, we do take uh, the polluters to task chair, both from agriculture, mining and municipalities. Uh, in terms of consequence management, we send notices, we send directives, uh, we're also looking aggressively at litigation for those uh, that were found to be in contravention of the, uh, the, the National Water Act as well as NEMA. Uh, Chair, you'll recall that the, the same committee uh, assisted the, the city of Tswane when we, were we have taken them to court. Uh, um, we, you assisted that we come up with a solution so that we can at least... Um, have what we have on the table now, which is a DBSA uh, model, as well as also uh, unlock some of the bottlenecks that they had for phase one of the Royval. So we were looking at this thing very um, um, robustly and wanting to make sure that we take uh, the officials uh, that are involved into task in terms of the consequences, because it's um, uh, rightfully so, the, the, the department is expected to provide answers and yet the transgressor sits across the board and do what they what they, they want. On the percentage expenditure on our big chair last financial year, uh, we had a budget of about 241 million chair that was purposefully underspent 
uh, that was ring fenced for to deal with some of the refurbishment work for the Val River system. You'll recall, Chair, that we had SANDF that was uh, on, on, on the ground. Uh, they did what they could. Uh, they left. Uh, we also used some of that budget to um, uh, pay for ERVAT, uh, which have also have, have lapsed. So all the management and the running of the program is now falling in the hands of the department. And we are hoping that we will get some, some speedy movement on that side. Uh, on the WISIC the, the side, Chair, we, we have um, a few under expenditure, about 45 million rands that was underspent by municipalities. Merafong, they underspent by 36 million. Lisedi, 3 million. Rand West, 7 million. Uh, Chair, they have all, uh, already applied to Treasury for a rollover uh, because the program is still under, underway. When the Portfolio Committee went for oversight, uh, the presentation was made that on the Merafong that uh, it's a very dramatic area. So the stabilization of the ground was far more important so that we don't have another collapsing reservoir. Uh, so Chair, that's why we had some of these delays and there's uh, issues around the cables that needed to be moved. ESCOM cables are underground that needed to be moved and that caused significant delays. We supported all the rollovers, Chair, because they were justifiable and the, the municipalities were reporting to the department as and when the delays were happening. On the AMD, Chair, uh, maybe in the next meeting we'll present on the AMD and we can send the reports along uh, so that the members are fully aware in terms of, of the goings of the AMD. Um, the, on the notices and directives, Chair, last financial year, we issued uh, nine directives and 21 notices against the transgressors. Um, that ranges from mining to uh, municipalities to individuals, Chair, that we're transgressing. We can provide a list, if it's required, of all the directives and notices that were issued in the last financial year. Uh, this is the area, Chair, that we're saying after the directives, we're looking at litigation if the problems are not solved. You'll notice that there were 21 notices, and in most cases, uh, the transgressor, they will rectify the error that, that was committed. Um, and then it will, uh, those that did not rectify, we send a directive. And those that are still not um, uh, following the directive, then it becomes a court matter. Uh, Chair, I think uh, this is where the area that, Chair, we, we, we're looking at the, uh, some punitive measures that will require the transgressor to rectify, not only rectify, but deal with some of the long-term consequences. Uh, for example, you look at the Val River spending, uh, it's polluted over a long time. We, the government is going to be spending over billions and billions to rectify it, but the, the transgressors themselves are not necessarily contributing anything towards the, 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 these uh, uh, refurbishment work. Yet they ought to have done, done so. As, as also listed in terms of the NEMA, if you transgress, you, there's a penalty that you pay. Uh, the, in terms of the aging infrastructure chair, the municipal infrastructure grant does cover some of the refurbishment that are needed by municipalities. But Chair, there is a need for a broader program around uh, aging infrastructure. Because it's not aging in one municipality, but it's aging across the board. And now, you, if you look at the, the MIG allocation itself, it will not be sufficient to cover all the aging infrastructure, particularly in this province. Uh, but at the same time, there are still these um, conditions that are set for MIG 
that it can all of it go towards the refurbishment of work, but some of it will go towards um, um, uh, the new putting in new infrastructure. Now the COPTA and and ourselves chair are working on 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 a, another strong element around the refurbishment program, uh, still at at in infancy, in terms of uh, having a dedicated funding that looks at refurbishment uh, only. Uh, this is done through we are doing this through MISA. Um, the issues around employment chair, it's a very uh, delicate uh, problem, uh, this one chair, is largely a municipal function. And as a department, we really don't get a, a foot on the door in terms of the employment issues. We obviously identify them through uh, blue drop and green drop and in terms of what is required in terms of the plans. However, the decision to fill those positions is not sitting with the department, it's sitting with the municipality itself. Uh, this is where council has the the upper hand uh, on us. We can send as many as letters as, as we can, but it's still their decision to fill the positions that they have. In some areas, we made recommendations in terms of the structure of the employees that are needed to uh, to, 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 manage, to mend the plans, but it still is a decision that is entirely up to the municipality to take. Uh, it's not necessarily a decision that we can even influence. It's out of our purview. Uh, the the issue around the the uh, 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 the stealing of the water chair from Lesotho is an area that um, even last uh, last year or two years back, chair, when we had uh, Val Valdem dropped below twenty, uh, it was an issue that was very much problematic. When the water was being released from Stagfordian Dam into the Vault Dam, um, uh, we did have significant losses due to theft. And it's an area that talks to our regulatory function chair that we are on an ongoing basis strengthening to ensure that we can do some of the monitoring of the of some of these uh, um, uh, users that are stealing the water. Uh, chair, this will require as well technology to be brought in, some of, of the members before have suggested that we need to engage drone technology and some other technologies that will assist us in terms of monitoring uh, some of these uh, um, irregularities that are happening in terms of the water being stolen. It's an area chair that will continuously be improving on uh, because uh, as, as, as and when the users find innovative ways of stealing water, we also need to be on par um, to, in, to ensure that we can deal with some of the theft that is happening. That will include as well the strengthening of our uh, compliance monitoring and enforcement units to be able to deal with, with uh, some of these uh, 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 theft. Uh, I think, Chair, maybe I can stop there and, and, and hand back to the DG. Thanks, Chair. Um, if I could let Rand Water come in. Sipo? Uh, uh, yes, thank you, DG. Um, the chair, our questions were specifically around um, the issues of debt. And um, I'm sure the department will come in around um, the issue of um, phase two and, and the delays thereof. 
I don't think that has been responded to. Um, of course, as I indicated in my presentation, it's an issue of um, of focus um, that needs to be addressed either way, um, precisely because it deals with the augmentation of the system. But of course, um, as a result of the current financial challenges um, and lack of tariff increase, um, we have a serious concern in terms of how we're going to, to be meeting our obligations in terms of building that scheme because the Soto Highlands Water Project is funded solely by um, water users in integrated valuable system, which is by and large rainwater's customers. And of course, if rainwater cannot be given the opportunity to charge tariff increase, um, it is impossible, literally, to meet up to the obligations of uh, paying for that increase. Um, towards that infrastructure. But in terms of the municipal debt, Chair, we currently sitting, we, we also have a problem. Um, it's not a challenge, it's a problem, a massive one as well. We're in the same boat, um, boats, um, in the same boat as the other water boats. And um, some of them are here, they're living um, in their last days. And, and I suppose in the matter of uh, many years to, to come, maybe even few, Renata will follow suit. Our current debtors book is sitting at about 4 billion rand. Just on about 3 billion is an overdue account. In terms of the IRFS standards, we're talking about expected credit loss of approximately 1.4 billion rands. Um, so our numbers are also big given um, the, the volumes of water that we, we pass and, and therefore the debt that um, gets accumulated as a result of which. So we're talking about 4 billion rand um, of outstanding debt and um, 3 billion of that is overdue account. We, we used to, um, during our heydays, talk about um, debtors days of about 30 days. We're currently sitting with the debtors days of 72 days. Um, in terms of um, within the Houghton context, our biggest um, um, challenge or problem is in Enfulani local municipality. We are now sitting at um, a total debt of approximately 900 million rand, 800 of which is an overdue account. So that is one of the biggest problems there. Um, Rafong is sitting at currently um, 100 million, um, Rain West also sitting at about 100, including the current account, um, overdue of about 17 million. Kurleni, um, although we are having arrangements in terms of um, um, some of the debt relief, um, we, we had an overdue of about 300 million, but that is mainly as a result of COVID-19. Um, so we, we do, um, do have a a serious problem of debt and, and municipal non-payment. To rub salt in the wound, into the wound, um, we also had to look at municipal debt relief measures for COVID-19, where um, over and above the challenges that we had, had to provide what we call interest payment holidays to municipalities. Um, and two, we also increased our credit terms from 30 to 45 days um, with an understanding that the municipalities are struggling. 
So, Chair, just really outside the non-tariff payment increase, we have we have risen to the issues of the challenges that our municipalities are currently facing, and then we have given them um, payment holidays. We have given them uh, interest payment. We have um, also got into an arrangement where they split in the similar way that they're dealing with ESCOM. The, um, the payments of the invoices over a period of time and um, so that we, we are of a perfect understanding of the challenges that our municipalities are, um, are going through in terms of COVID-19 over and above the challenges that we have already been having of outstanding debt. So we are in a situation where we have this huge debt, um, municipal outstanding debt, over and above that, we had to provide relief for COVID-19. And over and above that, we are sitting with a possible loss of revenue of over a billion as a result of lack of tariff increase. And there is no way um, that um, some of this revenue will be able to, to recoup. We need to really look at, in fact, the outright rejection of the raw water tariff increase that has been gazetted for the Soto Highlands because we just don't have, I don't know how we're going to keep up with that payment. Um, some of the tariffs that have been passed on to us in other schemes, um, we have to relook at them. Um, issues of salary increases in terms of inflation with our employees, we have to do that. We probably have to cut some of our maintenance and refurbishment projects, and we know what that means. Um, ESCOM has won the case against NERSA. We're expecting them to pass the tariff on us when we can't pass any tariff further. What does that mean? It means we have to use less energy. Um, if we lose less energy, we have to means we have to pump less. If we pump less, it means we'll have a shortage of water going forward. So these are the, the these are the challenges that are currently characterizing um, the um, the issues of debt. Um, and and as I indicate, there are others that are compounding um, the the challenges that we have. So yeah, we are in a sorry state, if you like. Um, although we are not closing our doors anytime soon, but um, all these things, they add and rub salt into the wound and indeed threaten our sustainability going forward. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thanks, thanks, Madam Chair. Uh, the, the one that uh, wasn't addressed was the around Lesotho phase two. Uh, we did provide that information in the presentation and maybe we went over it a bit uh, quickly, on slide 37 of the presentation, we give the uh, 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 delivery dates, which uh, currently is set at uh, the impoundment date set at November 23, and the water delivery date is June 20, uh, 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 2026. Uh, but on slide uh, 40, uh, no, slide, yeah, slide 40, we did uh, indicate some of the risks and actions that needed to be taken. And uh, those relate to issues of work permits, mining permits, uh, uh, issues of uh, uh, dealing with the uh, uh, Lesotho Revenue Authority, uh, geological condition, uh, conditions on the lining of the tunnel, and then uh, also the unforeseen uh, uh, delays as a result of uh, uh, COVID, which at this stage we uh, estimate to be two to three months. So those are some of the delays. I do have a meeting with the uh, permanent secretary uh, uh, of Lesotho on, on Monday, where we will be addressing some of these issues, Madam Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, um, 
going to ask DTG uh, Cheney to start and then Ejodi Mbanjwa uh, will then take the specifics about Gauteng uh, and then I'll come and wrap it up at the end once they have uh, spoken. Never. Uh, thank you, Gigi. Uh, chairperson, honorable members, uh, colleagues, uh, Chair, uh, there was just one point that was raised in respect of us, and that was in relation to whether or not there uh, is an analysis. Uh, Chair, uh, there is a, a detailed analysis, and we'll make that available to yourselves, uh, which specifically deals with the analysis of the adjusted business plans, the implications, and also uh, the conditionalities in which we uh, proposed uh, the various provincial plans be approved and, and, and what were the weaknesses and the deficiencies that had to be corrected. Thank you, Chair. Um, may I come in, TG? Good afternoon, Chair, members and TG. May I come in? Mahouting? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, thank you. There were about four questions that were specific to Gauteng. Um, the first one related to the development of the business plan and whether we were using consultants for that. And the quick answer to that is that the business plan is developed in-house, so there is no use of, of consultants in the development uh, uh, process for the business plan. And then the next question related to the deeds office. Um, I think what the presenter meant to indicate in the, pre in the presentation is that um, the challenges that we have with lodging of documents with the deeds office is that when they do close for COVID cases, then it will have an impact ultimately on the issuance of the title deeds um, because it, it causes slight delays in the process of lodgement. So the, the, the closure is in relation to COVID-related cases. And then... The next question related to blocked projects, and the member made an example with Mamilodi. Um, in Mamilodi specifically, there were 50 units um, which were basically abandoned at different milestones. And the reasons really vary for why these projects would have been abandoned. Um, primarily, it would have been capacity issues um, related to contractors. And then also in other areas, we had the PHP um, type of projects that were being undertaken and rolled out. So those were largely left without any proper monitoring by the department. The, the communities were left to basically um, roll out those projects as and when their resources became available. So there's really a myriad of reasons why um, we, were, we are currently dealing with all of these blocked and um, projects that we abandoned. I do want to say that the department has however conducted structural assess assessments on these projects and some of them are now back on the business plan and um, I don't have the specific figures here but I know that in this financial year for example in Mamilodi there's 40 that we are going to be rolling out and, and, and completing. And then the next question, I think that was the last question also related to the hostel and Kuzong and the land issues. The land issues um, have been resolved. That piece of land that is in question has been donated by the mining house. Um, the HDA is, in, is also in our intermediary in trying to facilitate the resolution and finalization of that process. Um, I do want to leave it there. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson. Oh. I wanted to pick up 
two questions that answered properly and make one comment and then hand over to you. The, you would have noticed, Chair, I think there's a question that was raised by Honorable Member Seke uh, on the legislative framework. I think it's important to state uh, that uh, both organizations are reviewing their pieces of legislation. Uh, you would have noticed that uh, water and sanitation is very much advanced in terms of uh, reviewing the 1997 Water Services Act and the, the, the National Water Act and that process is likely to go to cabinet. The same applies to human settlements. Uh, human settlements is reviewing the 1998, uh, uh, 1997 uh, Housing Act. Uh, some of the pieces, the clauses in that piece of legislation are updated. So in fact, there were two options. One option was to come up with a new Human Settlements Development Act. It was removed from housing to human settlements. There was another option that recommended that uh, we must simply amend the legislation instead of uh, starting up afresh. Uh, but a lot of work has been done by both organizations in terms of uh, uh, legislative framework. The second question was about the utilization of the consultants. Unfortunately, Chair, we, we in a built environment. And um, in a built environment, if you take human settlements as an example, before you deliver that settlement or that house or that project in human settlements, you interact with 16 professionals. You interact with urban designers, town planners, um, engineers, you name them. That list is very long. I can share with you some of the people that before a project is delivered. Uh, they don't come cheap and we compete with a lot of organizations to pay them very well. The TBSA, uh, metropolitan municipalities. Uh, sometimes they not they don't prefer to to be employed employed permanently. They would want to come in uh, on contract. They are very mobile. They make a lot of money consultants because uh, they don't have to work for one organization. So there is a challenge that we're faced with. And some of them they get employed and hired abroad in Dubai, Australia, Canada all of these places. So we do have a challenge, but ideally you would want some of them to be employed in house. For instance, water and sanitation is plus minus uh, 27, 28 engineers, if my memory says me well. So they don't come cheap. We do a hybrid. You have some some professionals in house, and then you have a, a panel of uh, professionals, for instance, in Kauteng, they have what is called the professional resource teams which is a panel of professionals that they use from time to time on a quotation basis to reissue an RFQ uh, to utilize those professionals. Because if you have to go out and tender every time, you have to appoint them and take your time. And lastly, Chair, I think you would have observed both presentation that there is a tremendous amount of coordination that is required at budgeting level. For instance, the housing budget of housing is about 5 billion rents. And 2% of that budget can be used for water and sanitation infrastructure, uh, but also the mining town budget, uh, which is focusing mainly on the West Rand. And that budget is also a flexible budget, which can be used for infrastructure. Um, so school and housing, human settlements in Gauteng, they should be working 
very much closer because they can leverage funding from each other where there is a shortfall on the side of water and sanitation and that shortfall can be managed through human settlements. But they are targeting the same species, they are targeting the same bulk infrastructure. I think there's a tremendous amount of leadership that is required at our level to get these two organizations to budget together and to coordinate some of the things together. Uh, I'll leave it there for now, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, DG. Honorable Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. I just wanted to make a follow-up on that question of abandoned projects. Uh, I asked the reason why that one has been answered, but the second question, follow-up question to that, uh, I'm not answered. I wanted to know what happened to the budget that was initially budgeted for those projects that were eventually abandoned. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson? Thank you, thank you, Honorable Mokutu. Um, can I get um, to respond? Yes, uh, even the issue of beneficiary, the, the beneficiary system that we had, which was the problem, what is it that we have done around it? Um, to respond, Chair, um, it is my understanding that the budget was redirected to other performing projects. We are not sure. Um, I would have to double check. I was, I'm, I wasn't, I was, I'm new. This, this was 2008 and nine, Chair. My apologies. So I'm going to have to double check. Um, but it is my understanding. Yes. Yes, bring the responding writing uh, okay. uh, and well, including the issue of uh, the Sorry, I lost Hello? you there. Yes, I should. I'm saying you you can you can get the answer and and write it uh, right to to the secretary of the committee uh, give that answer unlike for you to just to speculate because uh, members will want answers not speculation yes ma no i, I also are listening on the hod Honorable Musala, you are speaking. Oh, okay, thank you. I thought you still speaking today. Chairperson, can you note uh, number uh, please? Thank you. There's an issue of uh, cash management uh, agencies, and we have not. I did not hear an answer on that. I don't know. Maybe it slipped me or not, but I did not hear anything about it. And the other thing I want to add, Chairperson. Last thing is with regards to the Flairhof housing mega project that is happening in that is um, we had recently there were evictions there because that um, project was completed but people were not uh, placed in that uh, 
in those houses. So we, don't, we want to know how is the, is the province sorting that problem? Uh, what happened to those people that were evicted, evicted? And then the other thing is, there's an issue of the, I think that one you have touched on it, this issue of the beneficiaries and all those things. So uh, I'm okay with that one. So we just want to, wanted to know what is happening on that one and how are they going to solve that issue since there was no even a court order for those evictions. What happened to those people that were living in those uh, RDP houses already? Thank you. Can I speak, Chair? Can I talk, Chairperson? Uh, DG and uh, members, I think, Chair, you should guide us. Sometimes there's a brainwave when issues are dealt with and we want to start from zero. But there are just two announcements that I just want to make to the DG that <clears throat> there are issues that we have received from Parliamentary Constituency Office, but I'll forward them to the Chair and to yourself, DG. One is an issue of uh, Harangua. Remember Harangua, Buputazwana, all the thing, Mabopan. There are people who have written a letter to the chairperson. I've received it yesterday, Chair, so I did not send it to you. Who are complaining about their title deeds, they've been evicted wrongly. So I'll forward that. I would request the DG and the HOD Houting to look at that. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Zeki. HOD and the two DGs, the issue of catchment uh, management agencies, and then the, the rest of the question of human settlement. Thanks, thanks, Madam Chair. If I could come in, uh, my apology for having overlooked that uh, um, uh, that one. Sincere apology for that. Uh, yes, indeed, we have two uh, catch and management agencies that are uh, fully fledged and up and running at the moment. Uh, we will establish the further two uh, during the course of this financial year. The one in the uh, in the Vaal and the other one down in the Western Cape, and the balance will follow from uh, 21 onwards. But the uh, catchment management uh, functions are performed uh, where we don't have CMAs, are performed uh, uh, by proto-CMAs within our provincial offices. So we still have a devolved uh, uh, management within the catchment uh, uh, areas, uh, but with uh, managed within the department until such time as the CMA is established. I hope that satisfies the question, Honourable Chair. Yeah, thank you, DG, the HOD and DG on the human settlement. Um, thanks, Chair. Um, on the issue of flare-off, um, can we 
please provide written um, supplementary response on that one. I'm aware that there were evictions that took place yesterday, but I don't have further information. So I'd like to provide further information in, in, by way of written um, supplementation. Okay. Thank you. The beneficiary issue. Um, on the, yes, on on the on the beneficiary administration issue. Um, so the 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 beneficiaries are actively participating in the in the process to avert the invasions um, of unallocated houses, and that's the direct response that I can provide at this point. And that the pre-allocation process has already started, so that is being undertaken so that we can avoid um, invasions um, in the future. Okay, Digi Changano. Chairperson? Yes, ma. Yeah, no, the other thing is this thing of um, promising us that we're going to get response in a form of writing. All of the questions that we ask in this committee. And we have been promised to get uh, answers. We did not get anything, even today. Every meeting we are talking about these issues and we are not getting anything. We are promised that we're going to get. I think it's not going to happen with Houting as well. We're going to get the response with regards to the issue of evictions uh, of yesterday, the 25th, it was the 25th August uh, for Flair Wolf. Please, we must get those responses. Thank you. Chairperson, it's Honorable Powell. Yes, Honorable Powell. Um, can I just second what uh, the Honorable Mishlala has said, but just to take it one step further, there are a litany of outstanding written responses that DG Changana has undertaken to provide the committee with, including the responses around the NRRTT and then all of the undertakings that were given to us by Mr. Cheney last night that would be represented to this committee. So while we're on this meeting, I'd like to ask, given that we're discussing DHS issues, and last night we didn't receive any substantive information on our questions, that um, your office write to the officials and that we reconvene this committee before we go into constituency period, which will last until uh, the first week of October, and that this committee has given the information from last night and outstanding responses from this term before the term concludes next Friday. Um, if we could please put that request, if we can try and find a slot for the committee to meet uh, next week. Thank you to your person. Okay, the committee is meeting next week, but we have agendas there. The, what, what I think what is what what we said in the last meeting, if you remember, um, Honourable Power. Unfortunately, Koliswa was was had to be booked off. We're saying that Koliswa must collate all the information and all those questions, and and then we send them. Um, and and in that process, and there was a, even the. The request that we need, like those issues, the the national response uh, response team and others, those that needed minister, will then invite the the minister 
to come and re respond to those issues. So the the one that we have, we have for yesterday, so we agreed that we'll reconvene. We have to just to get the slot to to deal with that COVID-19 issue because we have not done with that part one. So, yeah. So, so that's 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 how far we can go. But I must indicate that uh, um, because of Koliswa is not here, um, I'll, I'll ask the team because the person who was will just get the person who's acting on behalf of Koliswa, then we can coordinate that with Koliswa to get all the issues that have been raised and and then right uh, through the. <clears throat> through the parliament uh, channel to request the response. Uh, the, okay, Chair. invite the minister to come and respond to those issues that needs her. Okay, Chair, that, 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 is, that is the request and that's a suitable response. But the, the specifics around that request, I understand you're saying the ministerial issues are separate, that's, that's fine. But the specific request is that DHS's outstanding information last night that we don't wait until we come back in, in five weeks' time, that we try and get that information next week because the clock is ticking. We can't wait another five, six weeks to have that meeting. And then just the other point was on the research capacity for DHS from your office or from Parliament side, if you could kindly address that issue. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I, mm -hmm. I don't know why you have not got the research uh, because we are using the the researcher from NCOP. We don't have a research on the human settlement, but mm -hmm. we, we were given the were given the the person from NCOP to to assist us uh, as we have our meetings. So we'll, we'll follow up on on it, uh, honourable power, uh, yeah. on the research. Um, yes, can I finish, Honorable Msal? Okay, after you, please uh, recognize me. Um, the issues of COVID-19 on human settlement, Honorable Power, I'm saying they are not concluded. The meeting we agreed yesterday that we need the follow-up meeting to deal with that and you said in that meeting that those issues must come within the <clears throat> with that report, and I'm I'm, I'm confirming that would we'll not go on recess without uh, dealing with that because in terms of parliamentary program, we're supposed mm. to finalize it before we go. Thank mm -hmm. you, Thank you. So so <clears throat> there is no in any way that will will adjourn parliament with any. Uh, issue on on COVID nineteen. Okay. okay, Chair, the Honourable Musala. No, I'm covered with that one of the meeting. You covered me, but I, I'm just worried about this one of sessions because why is the department? Because they are the one that are promising us that they will respond. Why are they not keeping track of uh, questions that we ask in this committee? Because the the issue of Colisa was just a. Uh, I think it was just a, a favor going to them because uh, after we, we, we asked them in this meeting, why are they not responding? And then this is where you yourself, you requested Kolisa to try and get questions from us so that they, he, she can submit those questions to the 
to the department. But my question is, why are they promising things that they can't record? They can't record anything, but they promise that we're going to respond to you. Like the, the HOD now from Gauteng, she will promise next time she said she don't have the questions. It doesn't make sense to us. Can the DG please respond on this one? Thank you. Um, Changan, Changan, you are you, you are you are now in your place, and the person who promised was Mr. Lishabani at some in the meeting of some of the questions. Changan, Chairperson, I. My recollection on what is required, uh, I'm back at human settlements. This is my uh, my fifth day. But what I know, what we've promised to deliver is the COVID-19 information that was discussed last night. And that information, I can assure you that it will be made available to you. Uh, we met with the HODs yesterday morning because we wanted to get into the details and uh, ask them and the implementing agent, HDA, to give us that information. Because breakdown, uh, we can forward it to you, the information that we have requested from the provinces and the implementing agent, uh, so that you, you get a sense of the information that will be forwarded to you and you discussed it in detail yesterday. On this one about flare-off, we did touch on it as well, um, I think yesterday, the eviction. And I think what we wanted to do is to be clear about the information. I think the way the question was answered yesterday was such that those units are earmarked for people who are on the list and the people who have invaded them um, have invaded them because they were left vacant for a very long time. So illegal evictions and also illegal invasions are not allowed. But we want to... Did you have lost you? DG? HOD Gauteng? Those who have lost DG? HOD Gauteng? Okay. Yes, can we confirm that uh, within seven days you will send the response? Yes, I can do that. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, so, Chair, just to be clear, um, I'm sending supplementary responses on the two questions, um, which is the evictions and the expenditure on the block projects. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, honorable members. We've lost uh, Mr. Shangan, who was trying to respond. And uh, I think we will still coordinate that uh, Honorable Mosala, for those questions that were not uh, responded and, and get uh, department to respond to them. 
um, and we can only do that if they, they are being coordinated. That's why I'm saying Boyakazi has just joined us. She will communicate with Poliswa and then we can then um, get department to respond to that. For future, for future purpose, uh, Chairperson, can the parliamentary maybe liaising officer create a, tra a tracking system of questions for both Department of Water and Sanitation and, and Human Security for, for, to ensure written re responses are, are provided to the ministers? I think if we can do that so that next time we don't have confusion, it's going to assist us. And I the entire committee as well. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Honorable Musala. It's a, it's a good suggestion. I think she's in the meeting. She's listening uh, so that uh, we're able to track which ones have been responded, which ones uh, are still outstanding. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Members. We've come to the end of our meeting. Uh, we'll continue with it, where, to engage with Houting. Uh, we'll still come and visit the uh, the new city that uh, the president has announced and see how you have uh, how you have planned to to make the city work in 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 in, in Lanseria and uh, other areas. We'll continue to visit uh, um, the Val system because it's the key project. And, and we'll follow up even on the declaration um, of the Val River system as a national key point. And, and with those words, um, I want to thank you for being in this meeting. And it was very fruitful. Thank you very much. The meeting is adjourned. Thanks and good night, Robert Chair. Thank you.